Can you be quiet, please? Thank you. The following is an exclusive presentation of Pirate Radio, the voice of the Pirate Nation. Welcome to Pirate Radio Live. Sustain effort and violence. There's local politics, bud. I don't care about the weather. I can't control the weather. Don't want to talk about the weather. Do we not agree? Was that supposed to be funny? Cool, neat story. It can be a total goat rodeo. Now live from the Pirate Radio Studios in the heart of the Pirate Nation, here is your host, Clip Brock. Alrighty, welcome into Pirate Radio Live here on a Tuesday. Clip Brock here with you inside the Pirate Radio Studios, talking to you today on Pirate Radio 92.7 FM in Greenville. 104.1 in Washington. We're on 1250, 930. We are online, PR927FM.com. And you can watch the program today on Facebook Live and on YouTube. Make sure you're subscribed to Pirate Radio TV on YouTube so you can uh, see all of our videos there. A lot of goodies there for you at Pirate Radio TV on YouTube. Got a, a lot of guests to get to on today's program, including... Uh, I hate that we do this, you know, after every season, and it's weird to say, but former ECU wide receiver Tyler Sneed will join us on the show. Uh, He uh, made his announcement on Friday that he would be foregoing uh, the remainder of his time here at East Carolina and entering his name into the NFL draft. So we will talk to Tyler Sneed about that decision, his career here at ECU, and uh, what's next for him, what's on the docket. He's graduated So it's all training and uh, trying to make it to the next level now for Tyler Sneed. And uh, we'll talk about how he is attempting to do that. That's coming up in about 20, 25 minutes or so. At 4 o'clock, we'll talk to Cy Seymour. He will get you set for East Carolina Cincinnati coming up on Wednesday night. We'll also preview a little bit of the Memphis game coming up Saturday. Looking forward to that one because we'll be back inside Menji's Coliseum 4 o'clock. The students will be there. They're doing a uh, t-shirt giveaway for the first 2,000 students. So trying to get some butts in the seats, which we have not seen uh, since the students were away. Hopefully it'll be a rowdy atmosphere to welcome in the Memphis Tigers coming up Saturday at 4 o'clock. And uh, hopefully also the Pirates can put together a good performance on the road tomorrow night against Cincinnati. We'll talk about that with Cy Seymour. Also, how does Cy handle these games without being there these road games. This is the first time in decades that Cy Seymour hadn't traveled on the road, so we'll ask him how he watches these games now that he's uh, at home instead of in the arena for road games. Uh, We'll talk to the big man on campus, Jeff Nadeau. Look at tonight's college basketball card. A lot of good games coming up tonight. We'll go over that and talk some NFL playoffs. That's coming up at around 425 or so. And then after that, to end the second hour, we'll talk to Coop, Ventavious Cooper who had a very good and brief career here at East Carolina, coming in as a transfer, became the Pirates' main running back, and uh, put together a 1,000-yard season in 2013, which was the last time we had seen that happen until Keaton Mitchell did it this season. So uh, we will take a walk down memory lane with Ventavious Cooper coming up. Uh, And he was the, the last time East Carolina won a bowl game. He had a big performance in that one. We'll talk to him uh, about that and more coming up at around 4.45. And then at 5 o'clock, Stephen Igo, Hoist the Colors, will join us in the Pirate Radio studios. Steve Hill says he cannot wait to hear Stephen Igloo on today's show. Stephen Igloo. Stephen Igloo. Stephen Igloo. 
How said it again? How close was I? Stephen Igloo. Nah, I wasn't very close. Don't go so deep. The man of many voices, Chandler Honeycutt, is here with us. Looking very minty today. Minty fresh. <laughs> Hello, Chandler. What's up? We also got Shirley Rhodes, CJ Schaefer, and intern Jalen back from the grave joining us here as students. You ready for some basketball, Jalen? Coming up uh, Saturday? You going to be at the game? Yeah? I will 100% be there Saturday. 100%? In section 213? 100%. On it. Nah, you don't have to hang out with us old people. You can okay. go hang out with the students. That's fine. Uh, as long uh, as he's there. Would you rather go hang out with the students, or would you rather go and sit with us in the rowdy section 213, baby? We were the students the last game. We you were. were. I, look, I look, while Tristan Newton's putting on a show, I look and Clip's just like in the aisle where people are trying to like get out. He's in the aisle like, yeah! Yeah. Part of that was true. The part that wasn't true was people trying to get out. We were the only people in that section. That well, is, Justin that, was there. Well, I, I, we. He's part of we. Oh, okay, okay. We had other. We had yeah. uh, Malcolm Gray there for a time. My dad, Justin Bear, and that's about it. That was all that was accounted for. Yeah, you made up the rowdiest section in the arena. Facts, all facts, and it was a great finish. And then the Pirates were uh, finished in similar fashion by Temple and Damian Dunn on Saturday. So they're 1-1 one one in conference play. They'll take on Cincinnati Wednesday night. Let's get to uh, today's rundown. If you have a question, comment, concern, birthday, anniversary, you can chime in Facebook Live or on Twitter or give us a call, 317-1250. We'll also uh, monitor the YouTube as well if you want to jump in there. Uh, John Moody says, I hope Suggs can have a big game tomorrow night. I know Suggs. <laughs> He knows what he was asking Let's for. play the hits, baby. John, good stuff. Now, anytime we can bring the Sug boat back. Sug, Sug. And I I don't know I don't know why people get a kick out of kicking dirt on other people. And I'm not talking about kicking dirt on Brandon Suggs. I'm talking about kicking dirt on me. As a as the Brandon Suggs guy. You know how many turnovers did Brandon Suggs have on Saturday? One. It happened at the towards the end of the game. Cost us. It was a big turnover. It what, Chandler? What? It cost who? It's, any turnover is costly. That very good point. Do you want to go over all the turnovers or just or not? Yeah, we can. They're all costly. All right, let's go over every single damn turnover from the game on Saturday. Maybe we should have edited the score. And you, uh, you can tell me if it was costly or not. Well, that ain't it. It's going to be costly. <laughs> well, we got to go over them now. All right, Vance Jackson's first turnover. Was that costly? Costly. How about a second one? Costly. How about Tristan Newton's one turnover? Costly. Brandon well, Suggs. Why'd you hesitate on that one? How about his one turn? Brandon Suggs' turnover? Costly. How about the first turnover by J.J. Miles? Costly. How about the second one? Costly. How about Brandon Johnson's one turnover? Costly. How about Alonzo Frank's first turnover? Costly. His second? Costly. His third? Costly. How about R.J. Felton's first one? Costly. And his second one? You guessed it. Costly. All right. That was the 12 turnovers ECU committed. One turnover by Brandon Suggs. Phone starts blowing up. I mean, what is wrong with y'all? With who? Why are you looking at me? You're, you're part of this. Oh, wow. You are a part of this. But I just don't understand why you enjoy other people's misery. I like people to be happy, personally. But some people out there 
are not happy with themselves, their lives, something going on in their personal lives, and they want everybody to be as miserable as they are. Family! <laughs> and that's just not a way to go through life, whether it's your friends or whether it's your family or anybody family. else otherwise. I just nobody. This is why nobody else can get on the sug boat. You know Taylor. what? We couldn't get on the sug boat anyway. It's a test. What's the point of kissing his ass if we can't get on the sug boat? It's a test. So does this sug it's boat ride around or like is it in port? Because it's just one person on it, isn't it? Isn't that just a waste if you're I going around? I take it out every now and then. Gas prices are outrageous. Yeah, it's hard to get around on it. But it's a test, Chandler. I wouldn't let you on the boat. Just to see how you'd respond, how you'd react. You have reacted poorly. I've stayed on the port and waited to get on the boat, but there is no getting on the boat. I have left the port. There's no more sitting there and being patient. I'm not going to get on the boat, okay? You don't deserve to be on the boat. He gave you a key to get on the boat, and you turned it over. You had a chance to get it back. You get back in my good boat graces, and you didn't. Costly. (laughs) Turnover. How about Chandler's turnover? Costly. It, it cost me a a spot on the sug boat. We have the but suite let, for you too. Let me tell you. Let me ask you this: Who is who else is on the sug boat with you? Who else? Nobody is, wants to be. Nobody can handle it. Was uh, there not? A, was there not somebody that said something about they liked branded subs? And you were like, Nah, you can't get on. Fair weather. That happened. That, that is uh, a thing that Tony Dunn. I believe you're talking about. <laughs> Tony Dunn even I don't he was like I love Brandon Suggs and you're like all right I don't I don't know about loving them, man I don't know about loving them. Well, Chandler, and let I was me. Like, well, how do you get on the boat? It's almost as if it's a mythical. It's boat. impossible. Chandler, let me pitch this to you. If you'd like the extra spot that I have on the Brandon Johnson canoe, you're welcome on. Oh God, I, I, hell yeah, I'm on. Let's go. I, I, you can ask Clip. We we have been Brandon Johnson guys from. Yeah, I, I'm on that canoe too. Oh, cool. Well, then we might have to upgrade. I'm on the Brandon Suggs uh, Sug boat, which is well I'm on the Brandon Johnson canoe. I'm on the Tristan Newton pontoon. <laughs> I am on the JJ Miles speedboat. I am on every piece of watercraft you can get on. Tremont Robinson White party boat. <laughs> yeah, I'm on Paddle that boat. one. <laughs> you see, there's all these boats with a lot of people on them, but then there's your sug boat with one person <laughs> on it. Yeah. Y'all are non-believers. One person on it y'all, is you. Y'all are haters and non-believers. I don't. I don't think I'm a hater. I'm I, got I got proof. I got proof. I'm just stating the facts, man. It could be a total goat rodeo. <laughs> Anyway, we need to move on. Things are getting very chippy. This is, uh, I take this stuff very seriously. <laughs> you think? Uh, Redbeard says, I didn't know Pirate Radio was short on toilet paper. But uh, CJ Schaefer's got some on his shoulder. He's got some. <laughs> 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 Referring to he the, he's funny. the terrible towel. This is Troy's fault from yesterday when he, uh, I think you were all here. He walked out uh into this studio and he said he saw my jersey and he said did you play in the game on sunday that uh kind of influenced me i'm gonna i tweeted out you're like not a, you're not a football player he Correct. wants to make sure everybody here knows they're not a football player. i was a football wait, player in high school i was football? a soccer player ah football player wait but you, you're from pittsburgh <laughs> <laughs> no i'm I from the philippines how, so we had the ecu hockey guys on yesterday and the one guy was from pittsburgh the other guy's last name was schaefer it kept yeah. getting weird and it's funny because when he said he was from pittsburgh and 
you say, hey, uh, CJ, he's one of your guys. Mm-hmm. And, but CJ, He probably thought I was from Pittsburgh, Pittsburgh at that yeah, point. Yeah, but CJ is a Pittsburgh fan. That's what I meant. I'm saying. Right, hey, right. Well, I knew what you were saying. Once again, just picking apart everything. Chandler can't hear you from the port. You're like, you're like on the way out, and you're yelling at him, and he can't really hear you. He don't hear me. He don't feel me. None of it. None of it. You just don't get it. You'll never get it. I just don't get it. Uh, all right. How uh, seriously do you take that towel stuff? Nah, I mean, if I was to like, if you were to come over here and stomp on it, I mean, it uh, kind of hurt my feelings a little bit. <laughs> okay. I, I would not. I would not do that. I would, the most I might do is like take it off and put it in like it touches the ground. Do you have to burn it if the terrible towel touches the ground? <laughs> and then give it a proper flag death? Exactly. Towel yeah. death? All right. Well, good luck uh, to your Steelers on Sunday night. Eh. Eh, we'll talk about it more as the week goes on. How about the state of champions? That would be Georgia, the Atlanta Braves world champions. Georgia. And last night, the Georgia Bulldogs Georgia. win the championship. I had Bama. You had Bama. You had, had Bama. Yeah. Who'd you pick, Shirley? Who did I pick? Georgia. Because sure. that is when the that's the night that the lights went out in Georgia. The lights were on the whole time. <laughs> Shut up. <laughs> I picked Georgia. None of you did. All right. Don't get so fancy over there, Reba. <laughs> uh, so Georgia wins it in a... Uh, I, I fell asleep in the first into the first quarter it was really? a loser for a while i thought i i i fell asleep it was three nothing i woke up it was like nine to three and i watched the rest mm-hmm. um yeah you didn't miss much during your little nap i thought it was uh i enjoyed the game just because it was tight now wasn't a lot of scoring going on or anything yeah but uh credit to georgia's defense for keeping bam out of the end zone early could have got away from them uh but they were able to hang around until their offense finally woke up the total did get the 51 which i did not think it was going to get to yeah, at all i took the under live and that yeah, it was not a good night not a good night but georgia gets a, a championship first national championship for the bulldogs since 1980 hey great to see the little guy win actually the underdog i like when the underdogs win that's why i had bama last night the yeah, little guy exactly <laughs> and they, mm. they did not those plucky underdogs yeah that's right uh by the way alabama has the uh best odds to win next year which Duh. they do every year you got they do every year uh, i probably say this after every championship especially ones they don't win bama's definitely winning next year like yeah. you got that feeling right after the it's game a, last it's a night revenge tour and that was like all right way to give one to the uh to the sec east but next year it's going to be bama all over again same uh meet the new boss same as the old boss so there you go i enjoyed the game it was fun and it's all over now did you see nick saban after the game smiling ear to ear i mean i'm, I'm sure happy for his former defensive coordinator kirby smart uh, but that kind of tells you you know he's been there before he's won yeah. what seven national championships yeah if he hadn't didn't have all those championships or all those millions or everything that he has he probably wouldn't have been smiling but that goes to show how many he has won that he can react like that after losing in a championship game well right. it gets pretty easy when you can smile at your at the coach that did just win also think the, like hey we'll be there next year you won't this is a down year for alabama yeah. and they were without their top two receivers this with williams be, going down in the game this might be one of the worst 
two, three teams they've had in the last decade, and we <laughs> saw them in the championship game again. It is almost comical. You know, that was a terrible injury that that wide receiver had for Alabama last night. I cannot believe they kept showing the replay because that was not fun to watch, yeah. and they just seemed to keep playing that over and over again. I, was I like, watched it watch once. Yeah, again. I watched it once. I had to look down, and I kept yeah. looking back up, and you keep Sorry. showing it. But, uh, Steve says that Clip was on the uh, – is a bingy a kind of boat? Ding. A dinghy. Okay, that's where you got. I was on the arrow bingy or arrow bingy ah. dinghy. Absolutely, I was. Maybe my all-time favorite pirate, arrow bing. E. E. Uh, moving along, any other college football news and notes? That's it, huh? It's a loud noise outside. That is a helicopter going by. Everybody hear that? Take a listen. I'm on the. Um... <laughs> now it's the JJ Miles helicopter because we saw he could fly. Were you on the Were, were you on the Terrence Copper Chopper? <laughs> <laughs> wait, 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 wait. That's pretty good, Chandler. That was good. That was good. That's good, Chandler. Uh, I'm so proud of myself. Okay. If we have any more, uh, please chime in uh college basketball tonight let's take a look at the buccaneer music hall scoreboard presented by da buck da buck right now we're watching fairfield beating iona by four 45 41 shirley who is the head coach at iona he is iona he has coached in the uh nba he's famously coached uh two blue bloods in college basketball he's a crook <laughs> He goes to restaurants and doesn't use the... Oh, Rick Patino. He doesn't use the table for eating purposes. He does other things on tables in restaurants. Uh, Yeah, that would be Rick Patino. Rick Patino is the answer, who I thought was famously the only coach in America still going with the suit and tie. But today, he's wearing like a Mr. Rogers sweater. It's like a button-down sweater. It's an interesting look. So basically, he still looks like a mob guy just in a tracksuit. He looks like a casual Friday mob guy today. Yeah. Yeah. Do we miss He co- looks like somebody from The Sopranos. Do we miss college coaches wearing suits? Do we miss that? No. I don't. I'm just an old school guy. I I I miss the suits. Well, I mean, you had football coaches that used to wear, you know, ties out on the field. I think Jack Del Rio did that, Mike Nolan like recently. Uh, yeah. But like Mike, oh, uh, Mike Ditka was famous for the sweater vest, but he still wore a tie. Who was the guy at Miami that used to wear the tie? He was there before Mark Rick. Golden. Al Golden. Al Golden, yeah. Do you think college basketball coaches should wear uniforms like baseball managers? I say yes. I say no. Like, I think well, they, I think I, they, they should, should wear, like wear the shorts. I don't think they should wear like a full-on yeah, basketball yeah. uniform. I do. The like, warm-ups, <laughs> yes. That would be, that so would be oh. <laughs> can you see Coach K in a Duke uniform? That's just embarrassing. <laughs> Those little white Or legs. Huggy Bear in a West Virginia uniform? <laughs> How awesome mm. would that be? I don't I'd think, get a laugh out I of it. I don't think his bare legs have been seen in the 40 years that he's been at Duke. <laughs> Has he ever worn shorts? Hey, Shirley. Hey, Coach, what's your legs look like? That day he uh, flipped you off in the car, was he wearing shorts? No, he was not wearing shorts. He was wearing pants. Okay. It was also very cold that day. <laughs> Wait, can you rehash that story right quick, briefly? Um, I was in Durham visiting a friend who worked at a uh, drugstore, like a like a CVS-type store. Uh-huh. Um, and right next door to that CVS was a dry cleaner. Uh-huh. 
Uh-huh. And I was visiting my friend. I was leaving uh, the parking lot and I was backing out. And as I was backing out, this Jaguar comes flying by and I almost Marty's back into it. Jury. Yeah. I almost back <laughs> into Fred it. Taylor. And I was kind of livid about the fact that they came flying into the parking lot because this was a very small lot. So as I'm going around um, to give uh, the driver a piece of my mind and the single finger salute, uh, I realized it was Coach K getting out of the car and going into the dry cleaner next door. So I almost flipped off Coach K. Cool. Neat story. Come on. Yeah. All right. I don't know why you asked me to tell that story. <laughs> I forgot. Only for you to mock me. You should have gotten out of the way, Shirley. No, He's no, famous. Cool, really, neat story. I like that story. I, like, I literally was coming around, and I was rolling down the passenger side window so I could yell across at him. <laughs> and then as soon as I started to make my turn and he got out of the car, I realized who I was getting ready to yell at. And I was like, yeah, I'm not going to yell at him. <laughs> CJ, kept on going. did I tell you that Brennan says, tell CJ I said hi from a former Minji's Maniac. Hello, Brennan. All right. It's Brennan Shapiro, I think. It is. Yeah. Hey, Brennan. Uh, CJ himself, now a former Menchie's Maniac. Do you have to... I guess you're officially out of it when you graduate? Yes. Man, that's sad. I left it in good hands. Whose hands? Zach Phelps. Superfan super Zach. Zach. He's yeah. been on uh, Pirate Radio before. Mm-hmm. For his super fandom. He dressed up as baby Elvis, as a little Elvis, uh, for a Liberty Bowl back in the day. Wow. I'm glad I didn't see that. Yeah. That's... Uh, i don't know we learned that that day he was on the show uh tonight in college basketball by the way east carolina cincinnati coming up wednesday night a lot of top 25 action game of the night will probably be the basketball version of the iron bowl alabama hosting auburn alabama 24th auburn is fourth in the country right now good team you've also got baylor the number one team in the country taking on texas tech number nine kansas host iowa state their 15th and then Texas uh, hosting Oklahoma. Oklahoma beat somebody good the other night. They beat Iowa State uh, at home. And now Oklahoma will be on the road taking on Texas. And Chris Beard, formerly of Texas Tech and formerly of Arkansas Little Rock. The same Oklahoma that the Pirates covered against? The same very one. I like the way you spun that, that the Pirates lost to, covered against. That makes it sound better. Way to go. Hey great teams cover last night a great team won and cover and that team is the charlotte hornets back-to-back wins over the bucks that's uh how you do it after a zero and two start to the new calendar year the charlotte hornets have won three straight chandler and playing some good basketball right now yeah and uh absent last night for the hornets was the hot hand for the hornets kelly Oubre. uh he was he entered the safety protocols yesterday so no Oubre for the hornets last night against the bucks kind of had me worried there because he like i said is the hot hand he's been hot especially from beyond the arc and uh no problem last night for the hornets well I, it well, it did go down to the wire but um hornets getting two wins against the defending champs in three days Lamelo ball the game winner in the lane last night question for you chandler is Lamelo ball an all-star this year yes is miles bridges yes and if kelly Oubre keeps it up yes all right it's kelly Oubre, six man of the year yes <laughs> are you just gonna answer yes to all this stuff costly okay well it's, <laughs> costly. it's tyler hero but what is he six man of the year jerk of the year well that's too. jerk nurk after fighting nurk the jerk nurk of the year 
Well, didn't he start that? Who? Jerk. Mm-mm. No. No. Yeah, Jerk started it, not Nurk. Exactly. Oh, Nurk. Nurk set a screen, and then Hero did a push in his back like a coward. Oh, because he got too hurt. Review the tape. <laughs> uh, Hurricanes and Flyers has been postponed tonight. Dang it. Yep, so no Canes tonight in Philadelphia. Uh, we will talk NFL later on in the show. Right now, we'll take a timeout when we return. Tyler Sneed will join us on the Pirate Radio Live Line. We will talk about his decision to make himself eligible for the NFL draft. That is on the way when we return on Pirate Radio Live. Back with you after this. listening to hour one of pirate radio live this hour is brought to you by university pc care your local tech support experts for all your personal and business needs visit universitypccare.com to learn more today now back to the show welcome back are you in outside sales and looking for an opportunity to increase your earning potential copy pro has been in eastern north carolina for over 45 years and continues to grow each year and they are in need of more sales professionals with a desire to potentially make a six-figure income do you have what it takes visit copypro.net today to submit your resume and to learn more now let's head back in to pirate radio live here is your host clip brock all righty back with you here on a, a tuesday edition of pirate radio live we'll talk to a uh, former pirate coming up next hour ventavius cooper former ec running back and now one of the newest uh, former pirates going to join us now on the pirate radio live line he is Former ECU wide receiver Tyler Sneed, who joins us today on Pirate Radio Live. Tyler, how you doing today, man? I'm doing good. Appreciate you guys having me. Yes, sir. Great to talk with you again, and I uh, really enjoyed talking to you during the 2021 season. East Carolina gets back uh, to its winning ways, a winning record, and you guys are all set for a bowl game, Tyler, that uh, you end up not playing. And uh, we'll talk about that momentarily, but the biggest news is uh, you are foregoing the remainder of your career at ECU to enter your name into the NFL draft. So, Tyler, you know how long had you been considering this? I'm, I got to assume it wasn't a spur of the moment decision. You had given it a lot of thought, talked to a lot of people. So, when did this idea kind of first creep in uh, to your mind? And and uh, tell us about the decision to leave East Carolina. Um, you know, obviously, whenever Blake did it last year. Um, you were like, oh, okay, because uh, he still had some eligibility left. But um, throughout the whole year, I didn't really think about it, to be honest. I was just more focused on on winning. Uh, you know, like we come in there every Monday and we talk about the team and those guys and how it's just the locker room and the brotherhood that we made. So I was more playing for those guys and just playing for the team. And then I guess whenever we got a little four-day break um, coming back in December – to see our families right before we left for the bowl game. Um, that's when it was kind of like, not crunch time, but it's kind of like a reality check where the question kind of comes to mind. And uh, so that's when I first started thinking about it, probably midway, uh, early December. And you you mentioned Blake Pro there who, man, he was really coming on at uh, in Vikings camp before suffering an injury. And uh, Minnesota did keep him 
for the entire season despite him not being able to play so uh did you reach out to him tyler who else did you you reach out to and, and kind of weigh your options and, and get some advice from yeah i, I reached out to him just because i consider him one of my best friends and you know uh he's been my roommate and my teammate for three years but i just reached out to a lot of people that you know i trusted and respected their opinions and them as as coaches or people and uh Obviously, I reached out. I got a big family, um, so that that was big uh, in supporting me and just talking through them uh, or with them about the whole thing. And then, obviously, just through prayer and talking to God about it. Tyler Sneed joining us. So, Tyler, uh, you have graduated. What is what's your your day to day like now as you try to get ready, get yourself in the best possible possible physical condition for? uh the draft to talk to scouts to talk to teams what's your uh your day-to-day like going to be like now um well i'm hoping uh i'm trying to find a place to train right now i should find out sometime uh today or tomorrow and then i'll go out there spend the next couple months uh couple weeks doing whatever they got me doing for the program and just combine stuff um so i'm really excited for that and looking forward to it are you planning on uh, and and I don't I can't remember the the date and when this time frame is. Are you planning on being here for a, a pro day for NFL scouts when ECU has theirs? Yes, sir. Definitely, uh, definitely be back for that. Okay, good deal. Tyler Sneed joining us. Uh, Joe had a question on Facebook Live. Uh, if you don't get the advice you want from scouts, is there any reason? Um, like you could come back and and play another year, or is this you know a hundred percent final? Um, I think uh, it's a hundred percent final now. Yeah. I think my name is entered in into the whole draft, and uh, that process is kind of on the verge of being done. So, yeah, I, I think it's it's set in stone final. Tyler, uh, you have been told probably that uh, you know you're you're too little to play football. You're not going to be D one. There's no way you could have 18, 19 catches in a game. You know all these numbers. Be ECU's leading receiver. So you've probably been told that or heard that a lot. And you're going to be also told that uh, you know the NFL, the odds of making it are are slim to none. So uh, you're kind of used to that, right? You're 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 ready for that. Yes, sir. Uh, I grew up with that um, just all throughout my years of what was it, high school, um, college, and now uh, taking my chance at the pros. You know, I know I'm gonna hear that stuff, um, but that just—I mean—that just fuels me. Um, it drives me to be better, and I feel like you know, I've, like you said, I've been counted out my whole life, and I just feel like God's been preparing me for for moments like these, and so I'm excited for the opportunity. Tyler, I've, I've kind of said, and then, you know, this is my opinion. I might be way off. I'll get your take on it since we're talking about you. But you, I don't know if you could have done anything to raise your stock any higher uh, here at East Carolina. I mean, I, unless you hit a growth spurt we're not aware of, Tyler, in the next, you know, I don't know if you're going to get much taller. I don't know how much more production you could potentially have to raise the awareness of scouts did you kind of feel that way too that even if you came back and had another 60 70 catch season you're a year older that's more bumps and bruises did you think maybe now was was the best time for you yes sir that was uh that was definitely one of the topics that we had to look at and just you know coming back and having another good year um it would show a better year or another year of consistency but at the end of the day it wouldn't up my draft stock or up anything 
like that, uh, it'd just be another year. And like you said, another year older. And so uh, that's definitely something that I took into consideration. Um, but at the end of the day, just the talks with my family and just praying and getting confirmation from God is what ultimately led to my decision. And Tyler, it's uh, it's about you know you're the best decision you can make for yourself, and and your teammates and coaches understand that. There's also the, hey uh, man, we're really gonna miss you around here. So how how difficult were those conversations with your coaches, your teammates, even though they understand that that this is uh, what's best for you? Selfishly, you know, the pirate fans are saying, hey, we we want you back here, Tyler. So how difficult was that to to have those discussions? Yeah, that was. That was probably the toughest part for me. Um, you know, telling your teammates uh, who have been with you for four years, uh, three, two, just freshmen, it doesn't really matter. You've been there. You know, you're with them every day, uh, working hard with those guys, and you all have got the same goal. And so, you know, kind of telling them um, that was hard. Telling the coaches was hard. It's one of the hardest things I've had to do. Um but at the end of the day, they made it they made it easier for me um, just because they're really supportive. Um, you know, they said they'd miss me, but they're really supportive at the end. And you know, I'm still supportive of them. You know, I'm I'm cheering them on, rooting for them always. So um, they made it better, but it was definitely tough to do. A lot of production to make up for, and this happens every year in every sport. And it's the job of Mike Houston and the staff to bring in even better players and 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 fill in those shoes. And you guys had to do it when Blake Pro left. Now the team will have to do it uh, when you leave, Tyler. So what's next? I mean, we know about Josiah Hatfield, and and he can make some plays, and maybe his production goes up. Who are some other receivers, Tyler, that are going to have to step up next year in your absence that you know they're on the team? Uh, Macy O'Donnell. He, he's good. Um, you know, we got a lot of dudes. Kerry King, uh, Jari Patterson, Maceo, Taji Hudson, like you said, Josiah, you know, CJ. All those guys are coming back. Uh, we always said all year that we had a really talented receiving room. And, uh, you know, if somebody went down, the next guy stepped up. And so that was kind of our mentality all year. And those guys will, will take that and, and run with it. But, no, those, those guys will do good. Uh, I have no doubt in my mind. I'm still rooting for them. and I'll keep up with them. A lot of momentum heading into the offseason, Tyler. It could have been even more, but uh, you guys were unable to play in the military bowl due to Boston College uh, not participating uh, due to COVID and, and really other reasons as well, I think. But, man, what what was that like when you heard that news on that Sunday morning that you guys would not be able to play in the military bowl? That was hard because um, it was just like we were in our meetings, um, doing our regular schedule, about to go ahead to walk through. Um, and they came in uh, with an emergency team meeting, told everybody, and just seeing those seniors, how upset those guys were, that, I mean, those guys were crying. That was that was hard to see because um, you know they wanted to play. You wanted to play for them. Uh, and then just how many people were upset that everybody wanted to play. Everybody was there for a reason. Everybody wanted to win um, for us and for the school and just for everybody. And so it was hard. Um, I was more mad about it. Uh, to be honest, just because I wanted to play and I was excited to play and looking forward to it. But, you know, you can't do anything about it now. Yeah. Um, hopefully hopefully they're looking at it and taking it, trying to take it to them next year. Uh, we got state first first game, so another ACC school. Hopefully they, they carry that momentum on to that game. 
Yeah, and and you said you were mad. Uh, some anger there, some sadness from some guys. And was there a time period, Tyler, where you were like, "All right, well, well, who's coming in? Bring in another team. Let's go to another bowl." Uh, was there any uh, talks about that before it was officially kind of said, "All right, the season is over." Yes, sir. I mean, we were, we were trying to figure it all out. You know, as players, we were like, "Hey, you know, Virginia, SMU canceled. <laughs> can some, can one of them come?" And then state got canceled. But yeah. At, at that point, you know, kind of everybody either went their separate ways, kind of went home, um, coaches went back. So the possibilities of that happening uh, didn't look too good for us, but there's definitely thought about it, uh, and we were excited. Tyler Sneed joining us today on the Pirate Radio Live line. Really enjoyed talking to Tyler and his teammates this year on Pirate Radio Live following East Carolina football games. And once again, I'll give you uh, credit, Tyler, you and uh, – I said this about Holton a lot, but it could be said across the board. You guys came in kind of with the same, you know, mindset and tone that you did uh, after a win, the same you did after a loss. And I think that says a lot about, you know, you guys just kind of keeping it consistent, not getting too high, too low. That's important for a uh, a football player, right? I think that showed in the interviews we had this year. Yes, sir. You know, we love doing that. But uh, like you said, just keeping the same mindset and – Coach Houston would always preach, uh, don't drink the Kool-Aid, don't drink the rat poison, just don't let don't let what everybody else is saying get to your head, just do what you know we can do, um, whether it's win or lose, next man up, uh, next opponent, next week. So I think we did a really good job, um, especially at the start of the season, just kind of doing that and sticking to it and then eventually turning it around. Well, Tyler, the one thing I won't miss about you is coming in here on Mondays after a Cowboys win and that grin you have on your face. Yeah, I got it on right now. Don't <laughs> Cowboys Niners Sunday. That's a good matchup, Tyler. How are you feeling about your boys' uh, playoff chances here? I'm, uh, I'm feeling good, but I know how we get, and uh, 49ers are a good team, so we'll see what happens, but... I always like to say the Cowboys are going to win the Super Bowl every year. Hey, well, you got a shot right now. You got in there, so you, uh, we'll see how far they can go. Tyler, uh, we wish you the best of luck, man. We'll keep in touch with you, and uh, we'll be rooting for you here from Greenville. It was fun uh, Sunday night to watch some Pirates on the big stage on Sunday Night Football. Zay Jones and Linville Joseph playing for the uh, playoff chance. And, you know, you got yourself, Jaquan McMillan, some others, hopefully, that we can be watching down the road. So, you know, we'll be rooting for you, man. We'll keep in touch and uh, talk to you again down the road. But best of luck to you, Tyler. And uh, we'll see you out at Pro Day. We'll uh, we'll talk to you out there, man. Yes, sir. I appreciate you guys. Thank you. Thank you, Tyler. There's Tyler Sneed joining us today on the Pirate Radio Live Line as he, uh, you know, kind of gives his reasons. He, he talked to his friend uh, Blake Prohl about the the situation and is hoping he can make a team and get on a team. And, and if he gets that chance and, and, and earns that spot, it's going to be tough to, to get rid of him. So uh, we wish him nothing but the best. And, and I kind of said it. He, he said it himself there. He just – could he do anything else to – to raise his stock as an NFL player. Now, he could have came back to ECU and, you know, helped East Carolina win games, go to a bowl, win a bowl, try to get a conference championship. But for his, you know, personal football career, uh, it, it was best for him to to give it a shot right now and uh, not get any more uh, gears on him and not get any more bumps and bruises playing college. So, selfishly, we want him in the purple and gold. We want him to play here another two years, break records, do all that. But – 
for him uh you know he's got to make the best decision for him and his family and uh i think he uh he did that and we'll be uh rooting for him here no doubt about it all right let's take a break we'll come back we'll uh we'll talk some nfl panthers fired some coaches right just not the right ones you know Chandler. you can make an argument that matt rule could be fired that was one of my favorite moments of the show yesterday shirley i heard you making promos earlier did you make that into yes, a promo? yes i did yes i did <laughs> I-, I thought his head was going to explode chandler and i get in a lot of fake arguments like we did in segment one like it's an argument but it's not real there's no stakes involved or anything chandler legitimately <laughs> got upset when troy said you know you can make an argument matt rule could be fired and chandler said an argument it was great. I mean, <laughs> no I, think, crap. I think Troy undersold that a little bit. Is, yeah. At first, I had to sit there and think, is he trying to be funny? But I actually think was that supposed he to be was funny? raising the question, hey, you know what? Yeah, I, 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 was, think I was thinking there about might this. be a chance he could get fired. <laughs> and there's a pretty good reason. No crap! See, see Chandler and I both... Our heads wanted to explode yesterday for two, but for two different complete reasons. He wants Matt Rule fired. I didn't want Brian Flores fired. Yeah. But you can't always get what you want. Mm, amen to that. And you know, you can't, he's not right. I mean, he's not wrong. You can find a way to argue to fire Matt Rule. You can find. If you can't find an argument, then something is bad wrong with you. You're not. Bad wrong? Bad wrong. Bad wrong with Not you. just wrong. Something's bad wrong with you. Bad wrong. Or as I like to call it, 50 shades of wrong. <laughs> 50 shades of wrong. That's exactly right. <laughs> we'll take a time out. Come back. Some could argue that uh, shirt Chandler's wearing is 50 shades of wrong. <laughs> but I'm going to say it's right because I like it. Are I you like being the serious? mint color. No, I like I the like mint it. color. It looks good on What's you. What's wrong with it? It There's is a unique it. color. It's not a, no- it's not a primary color. It's minty. Yeah, I know. It's, it's, it's fine. bring out my eyes. It's typically a spring color. Look look at my eyes. You're no spring chicken. <laughs> All right, we're back after this. Listening to Hour One of Pirate Radio Live. This hour is brought to you by University PC Care, your local tech support experts for all your personal and business needs. Visit universitypccare.com to learn more today. Now, back to the show. Welcome back for the latest breaking news, interesting stories, and awesome contests that can make you a winner. Be sure to follow Pirate Radio on our social media on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at PR927FM. Join the close to 51,000 followers today at PR927FM. Now let's head back in to PRL. Here's Clip Brock. All righty, big weekend NFL playoffs. We got the games here for you on Pirate Radio. Two games on Saturday. Raiders, Bengals, Patriots, Bills. Three games on Sunday. Eagles, Bucks, Niners, Cowboys, Steelers, Chiefs. And then uh, coming up Monday night, it is a Monday night wild card game. Cardinals and the Rams. We got, uh, we'll dive into some of those games with Jeff Nadeau coming up later on in the show. Some NFL news. The uh, Panthers made some moves today. Uh, Matt Rule still there. 
they do have to find an offensive coordinator. I saw Jay Glazer said they were looking for a uh, a rock star offensive coordinator. To, <laughs> to which I joked, uh, I hope it's Mark Knopfler yeah. from Dire Straits. Looking for a rock star. Rock star? We're going to get a rock star in here. <laughs> Chandler, you're becoming more and more like me. I don't know if it's because... Hey, I can't wait. That might be the little movement that we need to make some noise in the NFC. It could be one of two things. It could be you're hanging around with me too much, or your Panthers are starting to look more and more like the Washington football team organization. (laughs) That's not good. No, it's not. Um, Now, who'd you fire today? Was it an O-line coach? Yeah, offensive line coach. um, Cannot remember his name, but I do know that we also – um, fired Chase Blackburn, who has oh, been yeah. a part of the organization uh, all the way back to his playing days with the Panthers. So, what was um, he? Teams? Yeah, he was a special teams guy. He's a two-time world champion with the Giants, uh, and then he came and ended his playing career with the Panthers in Charlotte. And then, as soon as his playing career was over, I believe he took a job on the staff with Ron Rivera, and then eventually got moved up to a special teams coordinator and has been there ever since until today he's been fired uh along with the offensive line coach and i can't remember the other coach that got that got fired or what the position he coached so if you bring in a a rock star offensive coordinator you probably want to get a drummer as o-line coach and then a keyboard player special teams coordinator yeah sure So, the Panthers have fired offensive line coach Pat Meyer, special teams coach Jace Blackburn, and defensive line coach Frank Ocum. Frank, you're out of here. See ya, Frank. You're not rock star material. (laughs) You're more of a, uh, I don't know, singer-songwriter, kind of a blues guy, not a rock star. Go to Nashville. Go to the Titans. See if you can hit the country scene. Do you want to know what Matt Rule said the other day? (laughs) Please tell me. Do you want to know what this guy said? You know what? Before you say that, this is not good. This is is bad because right now Matt Rule is in the position where everybody hates him. And no matter what he says, it's almost like a Mully situation. He could say... That the might grass, be the dumbest thing. The grass is green, and Chandler and Tony and Panthers fans would disagree with him and argue it because he can do no right right now no, in I Panthers go, fans' eyes. No, I would go, okay, at least he knows that. That's a start. Okay, so you're not completely finished with him yet, but you're almost there. All right, what did he say the other day? I'm, I'm done with that guy, dude. Done with that guy. So Tracy Wolfson with CBS asked him about – Big fan of Tracy. Tracy Wolfson. Shout out to Tracy. Shout out T-Wolf. She asked Matt Rule about the quarterback sneak that we did with Sam Darnold. Oh, yeah. In which he did not get the first down. Yeah. Not only did he not get the first down, he fumbled the football. She asked what was, why was Cam, where was Cam in that situation? His answer to that question was that both quarterbacks can do that. That is what he said. That is how he answered the question. That is how much he had the nerve to say that. The noive. A guy who made a living off of punching the football into the end zone or getting that yard, getting those inches to get the first down, 6'5", 250-pound uh, quarterback, who will go in the Hall of Fame because of the things that he did like that. But Sam Darnold... Is just like him. And that's why we went with Sam Darnold. 
that's the answer you gave to Tracy Wolfson? Matt Rule has not been has not had a lot of work to work with at the quarterback position, although he's picked these guys, right? Like has he had a hand in getting Bridgewater, then getting Bridgewater out, then well first of he, all he he says he had, he's been involved. He, he had says, a, he had a hand in getting Cam out, bringing Bridgewater in, bringing Darnold in, getting Cam back. You know, uh, you know, a word that our very own Mike Houston likes to say is opportunity. Opportunity. Matt Rule loves to say collectively, meaning he is in, he is on with everything that goes on behind the scenes. Everybody's on the same making, page. Whether that's you know draft, that is free agency, that is whatever roster movement, roster management. Um, so collectively, he is a part of that group. Now, so that's on him. He has not had a lot to work with, but his his the way he has used the quarterbacks has also frustrated Panthers fans because he's gone two-quarterback system, three-quarterback system, quarterback sneak with the guy who does not have a strength in that department where you do have a guy on the bench that does. You know, taking... Didn't he, like, take one of the quarterbacks out after a scoring drive and put in the other one? Like, the game management, the QB management in game has not been good either. You know what? And I, I did. I'm gonna be honest. I'm gonna admit this. I don't think I watched the whole game on Sunday. Why? Why would I? I don't think. And somebody can correct me if Susan Deans is listening. I don't think Cam had a snap on Sunday. He might have. The prior uh, game to that game this past Sunday was the Saints at the Saints. Cam Newton played one snap. He came in and played one snap and ran for maybe four or five yards. And that was the end of Cam Newton. And get this clip, that might be the end of Cam Newton in Carolina. Well, it should be. It should be, but like the way that has this has been handled. You, do you know what I'm saying? Like this is a guy that has brought so much to this franchise and to this city, and the way that he was just totally disrespected by Matt Rule, by you know the the franchise in general. I know, I bet he wasn't any good either. I'm not saying he's good, but what's better than Matt, uh, Sam Donald? What's better than a PJ Walker? Yeah, uh, who we just re-signed yesterday. And the thing is, we could talk about all this, but Tony Dunn says none of it matters, and he is—he's shutting down every conversation and said none of this matters till you get an O line. He yeah. won't even discuss quarterbacks anymore. I. And I don't like talking about the quarterback situation because the offensive line is so bad, and that is definitely the priority. And thank God that Matt Rule and hopefully Scott Fitterer and David Tepper, who just needs to get out of the way, uh, that is, is their. This is Washington football. This man. is uh, this is Snyder. That is the offseason priority for the Panthers. And let me tell you something. As the cookie has been crumbling, as the snowball effect has been happening ever since week four, I have thought, man, what what direction can this go in in, in similar fashions? I thought about maybe the Jets. I thought about maybe like a Miami Dolphins franchise. Then my final thought was, well, I work with a guy who is a Washington football team fan and talks about nothing but the mismanagement of a franchise with Dan Snyder. And I said, I see this happening if things don't improve. 
Yeah. If if things don't get back on track, you know, we talk about the 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 Panthers culture to me as a fan has changed in a bad way, in a very bad way. And I don't like change, and I especially don't like this change. Bad change. Because what the culture since David Tepper has bought the Panther since they since he has bought the Panthers is losing football. Hey. That is the culture. Sometimes you just don't realize how good Jeans Friday truly was there in Charlotte. You know, I miss Jeans Friday. <laughs> I wish we had Jeans Friday back. Well, maybe we can, how we can start it here at Pirate Radio and see see what happens. Maybe it'll turn things around. I want to see you in your best jeans. This could, but seriously, Clip, this could get ugly. It could, it could get. Now I'm gonna be like you. Oh, you think it could get ugly? What I mean is, it could get ugly and it could stay ugly for a long time. Yeah. A dark cloud in Mecklenburg County. Is that where it is? Charlotte, Mecklenburg, so no, what, what Mecklenburg County. Yep, that's Charlotte. All right, just making sure. All right, let's take a break. We'll come back when we return. Cy Seymour joins us on the Pirate Radio Live Line. We'll talk Pirate Hoops, East Carolina, Cincinnati, coming up on Wednesday. Then the Pirates are back home against Memphis on Saturday. We'll uh, talk about it all with Cy when we return after this. listening to hour two of pirate radio live now back to the show welcome back from sales to service greenville auto world has all of your vehicle needs covered shop all of their inventory now at greenvilleautoworld.net if you're also looking for someone to service your vehicle greenville auto world has a full service and repair facility they do brakes oil changes tires inspections and they can repair any kind of vehicle greenville auto world across from speedway at bell's fork and online at greenvilleautoworld.net Thanks to Tim Sutton and Jim Rogers for their sponsorship of the program. Now let's head back into Pirate Radio Live. Here is your host, Clip Rock. All right, let's talk some Pirate Hoops here on Pirate Radio Live. It'll be ECU Cincinnati Wednesday night on the road. Pirates are back home Saturday, taking on the Memphis Tigers 4 o'clock in Menji's Coliseum. We'll talk about the season thus far and look ahead with Cy Seymour, color analyst for the Pirate Home Games on ESPN+. Plus. He joins us here today on Pirate Radio Live. Cy, how you doing, man? Doing great. A little cool, but on that, pretty good. Everything's fine. Yes, sir. And, uh, and man, two games down in the American and two games right down to the wire. You live by the clutch three, you die by the clutch three. And we've been on uh, both sides of it, Cy, uh, starting off this conference season. East Carolina wins a thriller in Menji's last Wednesday. Tristan Newton took over at the end. And then on the flip side, uh, Damian Dunn was not going to let his team lose uh, when the Pirates lost to Temple on Saturday. So how about that side? Two games going right down to the wire. The Pirates are on the right side of one of them and, and the wrong side of the other. Well, I think that's the way this league is. I mean, they're, they're going to be a lot down. You can get blown out. You can have one of those nights where you're not playing well. But this this league is has got a lot of teams that on any given night, anybody can win and anybody can lose. And uh, ECU, right in the thick of it, it's one of those you look back on and you say, couple of bad stretches, uh, and, and we're 2-0. We're and oh. And guess what Tulane said when they left here? couple of bad stretches, and we're 3-0. Yep. That, that's, 
that's how close it all is this year. But I thought Joe Dooley's ball club played well at Temple and had chances to win it, just just couldn't pull it out. And Cy, si, this is not unique to East Carolina, but it, it it seems like it's happened a lot this year and, and really a lot over the years. And I think you can see it with all teams, but these droughts that, that the Pirates go on, and we've seen it in the second half. You look at the, the losses East Carolina's had. They, I think Oklahoma hit a late shot to take the lead at halftime, but it was right there, you know, neck and neck at halftime. Pirates had a lead over Davidson at the half, a uh, lead over Liberty at the half, and then against Temple had a good first half, but had that second half drought, and I always see, you know, if we could just figure out how to not have that three, four, five minute drought that we seem to have every game, things will be all right. Well, I'm sure Joe Dooley's trying to, to figure that out, too, but you know, I mean, is there a reason for that? Is that just basketball? Why does that seem to happen to the Pirates, Si? Well, I think it happened. I think you said it right from the go. It happens to everyone there, but it seems to me, and this is just me, I think there are more runs now. I think it seems to me like there are more times in which and in which you cool down. And and one of the things about that that I think about may affect it. So many transfer portal kids are are not. You're not in a consistent over a four year period. This is what we're going to do. You may have a run, and then all of a sudden somebody that the chemistry is not where it should be. Where if you were together for three or four years. It would be more of a, a consistency and that, and that type of deal. But especially this year, whether it be Virginia with Jaden fitting in or whether it be East Carolina with their guys fitting in or, or Temple. I mean, it doesn't matter who it is or Tulane. You get different pieces of the puzzle, and all of a sudden you disappear, but then all of a sudden you come back with a vengeance. I think it's lack of uh, being together as teams for a long period of time that's got something to do with it yeah and, and it's it i guess what makes it frustrating side you look at that Tulane game east carolina hadn't been able to practice a lot together they come out i think the stat was like uh, 11 assists on 12 made field goals or 16 assists on 17 made field goals that it was yeah. some of the best passing i'd seen and in the first half against temple they came out the same way playing great as a team so there are signs uh side that the very positive signs for this team that at times they have played very well together on the court uh, yeah it's it's unbelievable look Mosher comes in there the other day yeah it's like an nba passer i mean he's just making great passes joe saw something that coach dooley saw something he liked used it and it worked it may not work in the next game it may not work in the next three minutes it, and it also comes into play as matchups how things work but, but that game, I remember we were at the under-12 media timeout, eight assists on eight field goals yeah. at that particular time. It was just it was just like a textbook uh, as far as things go. But you're right. I, think, I, I do think, though, things change. People put in subs that can match up better. You run into a little bit of problems, and you've got to figure it out. I think that's what goes on. Evidence of something we've talked about quite a bit this year, side that uh, a different pirate could step up on any given night. I did not have the leading scorers in Philadelphia uh, being Alonzo Frank and uh, Tremont Robinson White, but Frank had 15 off the bench. White with 14 played a good offensive game after struggling offensively against Tulane, but having his hand and tipping balls and playing good defense. So he was able to bounce back offensively. And once again, Cy, you just never know. I mean, it was Tristan Newton on Wednesday night. Newton did it more with the passing and uh, rebounding against Temple instead of the scoring, but uh, got some help from his buddies. Uh, and a, a good day back for uh, for Frank. And uh, once again, Tremont Robinson-White with 14 big points. 
Yeah, uh, Tristan, you know, we look at him, nine assists in one turnover. Yeah. That's unbelievable what he did. But I was happy for Tremont because Tremont is one of your best defenders. I thought he played great all day long. He had a clutch three down the stretch from the corner. Then he got a steal and made the layup. And then he had to go to the line. And he's not been there like this. And he knocked down the free throw. I thought, I thought Tremont had a great game. Alonzo has just been coming. His biggest problem is he's been hurt, and then the COVID protocol. But Frank is a good, good, solid big man, and he showed it the other day. And the only reason he probably had to limit his minutes, he got tired. He's not been able to go. But I, I thought, I think I thought uh, Zoe played great. I, I really thought uh, he played the way you know. In 21 minutes, he did that. You know, think about what he did in 21 minutes, and he got tired. But overall, I thought ECU. Really played a good ball game, had chances to win. I, I love the consistency of Brandon Johnson as a freshman. I love R.J. Felton as a freshman. Those two kids don't play like freshmen. you got to look at the future, and you look at these guys, and they're playing pretty darn good. Can they slip up and get a win on the road against high-quality competition? And this week is a tough, tough week. It is, and you got one of those teams in Cincinnati that, uh, you know, what what is Cincinnati in year one of West Miller? Tulane went there, controlled the game, had them blown out, and the score was uh, probably not as close as uh, as it, it really was uh, in the game. It ended up like an eight-point margin, but Tulane dominated that game. Then side, they turn around their next game, and they're up in the first half over SMU by 20. So it's one of those things that any given night, you, you just don't know what a team's going to bring to the table. I think Cincinnati's gettable on the road, but at the same time, size they showed they can beat a good team at home and beat them bad. So I don't know. What do, what do you think about the Bearcats this year and uh, this game coming up Wednesday? First of all, I think Wes Miller's a great fit there and a good coach. I I, I like Wes at UNCG. Uh, and, and the reason I say that, I, I saw him, my son was at Wake Forest coaching, and I saw his cr- recruiting tactics, and I thought they were great. They went to the high school coaches a lot instead of the AAU coaches. They were in close contact with, with different coaches in the, in, in the Cap 8 area. And, and his assistants were good, and he's good with kids. I, I think Wes is a good coach. Throw that right out there. And then when you look up what you said, you got to try to figure this all out. He beat, he beat Illinois by 20 early in the year. Uh, and the other day, Jeremiah Davenport goes 7 for 10 from 3 against, against Memphis, who's arguably one of the best defensive teams in the country. And, and Davenport, before that game, was somewhere in the you know, 32, 33, three-point range. He hit 7 of 10 threes against uh, a good uh, Memphis team. I think West's team's going to be good. I think you better bring your A game, but they're not sure what's going to show up for them either. You said it right. Are they, are they off that day? Are they not playing well? Uh, that's what they run into. Do they have talent? Yes, they were picked fourth in this league. This is a team that can really beat you. They've got great tradition, great players, and now they have a really coach that fits that mold. Can you beat them? you got to shoot lights out on the road, not turn the ball over, and hope they have a bad night against top teams. That's what ECU has to hope for. Si, looks like a league that is just going to eat each other up, and I don't know what that's going to mean for postseason play and NCAA tournament play. It's still early. A lot of basketball left to go, but it's going to get late quick as we uh, 
get sit here in, in January, it's going to turn into February, and then who's left standing in March? You know, Houston will be there, but night in, night out. I mean, uh, these teams, UCF right now is one and two. They were looked at as a tournament team. You got SMU two and one, but again, they got blown out on the road last week by Cincinnati, who is one and two right now. Wichita State's zero oh and two, so it's uh, you know they, they might be hurting themselves by being uh, so competitive and so good across the board that at the end of this thing, uh, I don't know who's going to have a, a really good record and you just hope they've done enough to um, you know for the committee to, to let them in the NCAA tournament but uh, I don't know I don't know what the record's going to look like in this conference beyond Houston well no you you are right on it I think personally this team got shafted last this league got shafted last year they took two teams Wichita State and then Houston yeah. goes to the final four Wichita State got beat out early Memphis should have been there they go to the uh, NIT and win it going away. Mm-hmm. So you, you look at that and you say, where does it go? Did you get a little bit more influence? And you had a good preseason. That's the other thing. This league had a good preseason. All, saying all that, you're not one of the prestigious upper li- power, what they call power five leagues. But I would think you, right now they're saying you might get two in. This league is a three to four bid league, if, but they're going to knock each other off and put themselves out of it. And that's going to be the problem. I mean, right now, you know, Wichita State's 0-2. I mean, it is, it is that kind of schedule that's going to be, like you said, we could eat each other up. Maybe something comes up, and then you've got a bargain in the meetings. And when you look at preseason schedules, our strength of schedule, our team did pretty darn well. But I don't know. I don't know, Cliff. It, it can go either way. I know this, that when you're playing what we consider the top four, Houston, Memphis, Cincinnati, uh, and uh, Wichita State, and then throw UCF right there too. It's tough. Yeah, those are five teams that get get in the NCAA. Pirates in the middle of a tough stretch here on the road once again uh, at Cincinnati and then Memphis at home. And you'll finally have the students back for that one. Size should be a pretty good crowd Saturday, 4 o'clock when Memphis rolls into Menjis. And looking forward to seeing not only the, the talent they have on the court, but also the sideshow they bring along. Of course, with Penny Hardaway, with Larry Brown and Rashid Wallace on the bench there for the Tigers. Yeah, you, you know, I... I have a. I love Larry Brown. I just think, uh, I think he is one of the best basketball coaches on the floor uh, and teaching that that I've seen. He's he's really good. I mean, he he's just really good. Of course, Joe has a connection with him with the Kansas situation. But I'm just saying, Larry Brown, what he did at SMU and brought that program around was just a thing of beauty. Uh, and and I think what he's doing with 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 Memphis. Is trying to calm the young kids down, pat them on the back, and then in practice he teaches them. And and I'm telling you, he is that's that's a great guy to have on your bench. He is he is a tremendous coach. And Hardaway is a great recruiter. Between the two of them, if they can hold it together uh, and and get through these games, they've got a good shot too. Right now, to me, when I looked at them against Cincinnati, the thing that they missed it seemed like they didn't click. Uh, as far as moving the basketball, they look you know, size-wise, the point guard does a good job sometimes, and then they don't, and they're trying to figure it out too. But I can tell you this: Larry Brown will figure it out. He's a really good coach, and it should be a lot of fun when they come in there. And people really need to come out. That's the, that team is one of the top five talented teams in the country. Uh, you need to come watch the game. And Joe Dooley's doing a great job with ECU. 
people should come watch this ball game. I think it's going to be a fun one, Si. Coming up Saturday, 4 o'clock in Menji. Si, I'm curious. In years past, games like Saturday, you're sitting there with Jeff Charles, and it's coming down the stretch, and you're saying, all right, Jeff, you don't want to foul. Make sure you watch Dunn. Uh, but now that you're uh, you're doing home games on ESPN Plus, you're you're not there for the road games. So, how in the heck were you watching that one on Saturday? What are you doing now on these road games, Si, where you're uh, you're not on the call? You got to be you got to be pacing around the the house, I would imagine. It, it's tough. I, I'm listening to Jeff. I'm watching television. I'm writing everything down. <laughs> it's crazy when it's a, when it's a game and I'm not there. Yeah. Now, I, I, I'll tell you, I miss it. But I, I don't miss it. Too, uh, let me tell you this clip, and this is something you need to know. This is what these kids go through. They did not charter to Philadelphia. That game was played at 2 o'clock. It ended about 4. They got into Raleigh-Durham somewhere around 10. Okay? Mm. Now, think about what I'm saying. If you're on a charter, you're probably home by 7 or 8. They got back to Raleigh-Durham by 10, hit the hurricane's traffic, took another 30 to 40 minutes because they were in line just trying to get down I-40. Yeah. Jeff told me when he hit his bed, it was 1220. Man. So you miss it, but then when you're kicked up on the couch at uh, 4 o'clock after the game, you don't miss it that much. Yeah. Yeah. And and listen, i tell you what you do. You say, Jeff Charles is tough as nails. Yeah. <laughs> he, 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 he'll do it, he'll, and he'll be there. He'll be ready to go today. They had to Cincinnati, and uh, and uh, I just admire what he does. And I love our ball club. Uh, I love what Joe Dooley's doing. Uh, and, and Mike's doing a great job as a color guy. He's doing wonderful. But I'm enjoying working with Patrick and, and getting home and resting. And it's a lot of fun. But, it, but the truth is I miss every play that I can't see. Or yeah. there. But I'm looking forward to Saturday. Just like you, we, we love the game. Yeah. Love East. You enjoy every minute of it. And man, uh, we've had some great games to watch this year, down to the wire. And the Pirates have won a few of them, lost a few of them. We'll see what happens this week against some good opponents in Cincinnati and Memphis. Si, coming up on uh, Sunday will be 49ers fans. So break out your uh, your Montana and Steve Young jersey and root against the Cowboys. That's what we got going right now, right? Well, you know, we finished so strong in the month of January. I just wish we had another. <laughs> well, you could argue Washington's the hottest team out of the playoffs right now. So. Exactly. I mean, you know, he's an NFC uh, Super Bowl, former Super Bowl champion, and and, uh, and and pretty much put it on on the road. That 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 you know, that, I, I'm ready to play now. <laughs> si, you are either delusional or the most positive Washington fan I've ever come across. I can't figure out which one. I think I'm delusional. <laughs> <laughs> I, t- I am excited for it though i wish our team was in it maybe they'll get back there soon but uh it's gonna be a fun nfl playoffs so i'm looking forward to it man you know talk about the ncaa's being kind of parody the nfl is parody. oh it's up for grabs yeah it's up for grabs it should be fun to watch Si, enjoyed it, man. Uh, have a great call on Saturday and enjoy watching it coming up Wednesday night. We enjoy our, our chats with you here on Pirate Radio Live, and uh, we'll do it again next week. Look forward to it, Clip. Thank you, Si. Si Seymour joining us today on the Pirate Radio Live line. We'll take a timeout when we return. We'll talk about what's going on tonight in college basketball. Also, Jeff Nadeau is pretty good at guessing the line for future ECU basketball games. We'll see what he has to say about Wednesday night's line for ECU and Cincinnati as he'll uh, guess that for us when we return on Pirate Radio Live back with you after this.
listening to Hour 2 of Pirate Radio Live. Now, back to the show. Welcome back. Do you need custom t-shirts, apparel, or promotional items for your business, organization, or event? Well, keep it local and print it local with University Sportswear. Contact them today at universitysportswearenc.com, the official sportswear provider of Pirate Radio for 18 years. Now let's head back in to PRL. Here's Clip Rock. All right, let's get you ready for NFL Playoff Weekend, Wild Card Weekend, and tonight's College Hoop Slate. Talk a little ECU basketball as well with the big man on campus, Jeff Nadeau, who joins us now. On the Pirate Radio Live line, big man, how you doing today? What's up, Cliff? How are you? Hey, doing good. Good win for you last night. I was on the other side. I went with Bama again, as I did in the SEC Championship. And came back to bite me last night, but I saw you were on Georgia. And uh, credit to Georgia that while their offense was sputtering early, and really for the first two and a half, three quarters, their, uh, their defense kept Bama out of the end zone. And, uh, and sure enough, the uh, the better team did win last night. So credit to you for that one, big man. That was the key to the game, obviously keeping the Crimson Tide out of the end zone. You know, obviously you got a little good fortune when Jameson Williams went down. They didn't have John Mechie. Um, you know, credit to, to Alabama for hanging around. But uh, at the end of the day, uh, the fourth quarter was elite for Georgia. Uh, really, that pick six was awesome. Um, you just kind of waited for something like that. And, you know, it was a great, great job. You know, Stetson Bennett had kind of a wild game. You know, at times he looked terrible, you know, but then at the right time he, he figured it out. That big, uh, that big throw to Mitchell was incredible. What a catch. Um, you know, Georgia deserved it. They were the best team all season. And, uh, you know, I was happy to get two and a half on the game. Let's stick with football, Jeff, before we get into uh, some college basketball, as there's a uh, nice slate of games tonight, some, some good games going on tonight across college hoops but uh real quick and we'll talk to you again on thursday and and finalize some of this uh but you got anything going for uh for wild card weekend super wild card weekend two games saturday three sunday a monday nighter it starts uh raiders Bengals on saturday patriots bills how about anything on uh, on saturday jeff uh well i was hoping to get the box at under seven um doesn't look like I'm going to get that. Um, I'm probably going to be looking at some sort of play involving the Bucks uh, and maybe the Patriots and some sort of teaser maybe. I think if I can get the Patriots above 10, I'm going to buy in on them, and then I'll buy in on the Bucks at 2 and a half. Under a field goal? Uh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but I, I just feel like the Eagles, I think they're just a happy-to-be-there type of team. Um, that's just my thought. I think when we look defensively, I think the Eagles are going to have major issues here. Um, look, if they don't, I'll be surprised and I'll be happy. But I just think the Bucks are on another level on the Eagles. Um, you know, Tom Brady kind of worked them the first time they played uh, in Philadelphia. This game's in Tampa. Um, I, I think the Eagles, you know, it's nice that they got to the, to the playoffs, but this kind of screams like 31-17 to me. Yeah, it feels like Bucks Washington from last year's playoffs. Now that game was played in Washington, but there were no fans. It was a weird night game, no fans. Washington hung around, but they were almost kind of the happy to be their team last year. While this is when Brady uh, really gets rolling. Uh, any thoughts uh, on the uh, the Raiders Bengals? Uh, and this one has come down. Like uh, yesterday, I was saying that I don't necessarily love Carr and the Raiders and. 
but the Bengals being that big of favorites at home uh, on this stage, it made me a little nervous to to back the Bengals. What do you think about that matchup? Uh, I mean, the game screams close, but I've had kind of a I've had issues with fading the Raiders this year. It's just been not one of my uh, favorite things. I've also had issues fading the Bengals, so it's kind of a standard for me. Yeah. I actually took a shot with the Bengals to win the Super Bowl. I think they had the deepest odds on the board. Um, I, I think the Bengals are an interesting team, man. I mean, defensively, they're actually better than I thought they'd be. And Look, I think Jamar Chase is the best receiver in the country, or in the NFL, so uh, I, I like Cincinnati, but I, I've had I've had issues fading the Raiders. I'm going to kind of just stay away. Do you? What about a, a line like twelve and a half in a playoff game? And and certainly, it makes sense. The Steelers are just man; they're, they're a slog to watch. They just I, I don't know. They they win ugly. They stay in games, but I, can they keep up with the Chiefs? When you see a number this big in the playoffs, do you do you shy away from it, or or would you uh, would you put something on Kansas City? Uh. You know, I think the Steelers kind of lucked into the playoffs. Let's just be honest with ourselves. Um, you know, but that's not to say that matters. I mean, it's all about getting there, and once you get there, you got to do what you got to do. I don't know. I mean, I'm not, I'm not real with it on laying double digits with the Chiefs. I'm not really with it on laying points with them in general. Uh, they have played a lot better, but I don't know. It's hard to envision laying this kind of number in the playoffs. Look, if, if, if I'm going to do this, um, you know, I need a little different matchup. I don't trust the Chiefs as a a favorite, let alone a double-digit favorite. So you said you went uh, a little on a, a future with the Bengals. You've had you had Dallas at the beginning of the year, right? Uh, I do. I have the Dallas Cowboys. I have the Rams. Okay, yeah, I, I'm in on the Rams as well. I was one, so those are the uh, the futures you have out there right now. What do you think about the the top seeds, the Packers and the the Titans? I mean, is this thing wide open, or do you? Is anybody ahead of anybody right now? Are the Packers the favorite in your eyes, or is this thing wide open overall? I think it's wide open, man. I mean, I, I could, you know, I think there are a couple teams that I don't see winning. The, like, I don't see the Eagles winning the Super Bowl. I don't see the Raiders winning the Super Bowl, but or the Steelers. But I think outside of that, it's pretty open. Um, you know, I it, it's it's about as open as it gets. I still think the Rams are the best overall team in the country. Or see, I keep saying country. College, <laughs> college football's over, Jeff. <laughs> yeah, right. No, I, I, I think the Rams are the best team in the NFL. That's my thought. Big man on campus, Jeff Nadeau, joining us. Great college basketball night tonight. The Pirates will be back in action coming up Wednesday night on the road at Cincinnati, East Carolina, coming off a last-second Dame time. Damian Dunn hits the three to give Temple the win on Saturday. Did you see the end of that game, Jeff? That was a good basketball game there in Philly. Yeah, it was. Uh, you know, I keep saying, I mean, it's going to be it's going to be problematic for Aaron McKee to keep Damian Dunn around here. I mean, this guy's really good. I mean, he's young. Um, and, you know, these schools are going to come down and try to, I think, grab him. I mean, I was, you know, they ended up doing it with Jane Gardner. I, I think they're going to try to do it here. This kid's terrific and really kind of brings back a, a, a new element. Temple Bass was playing well right now, and they've been doing it without, you know, some, some depth and, and some big pieces in Ty Strickland, Jake Forrester. So. And without McKee himself, uh, Jeff, the last two games. Yeah, exactly. Went down to UCF and beat them. Hung around against Houston and BDCU. Now you got a, a winnable game tomorrow night against Tulsa. And then, 
you know, next week I'm probably going to be down there uh, for Wichita State. So, yeah, uh, looking forward to it. They're playing good basketball right now, the, the Owls. Jeff, you've been uh, killing the uh, projected lines for ECU basketball. You were all over it in the Temple game. Do you got one for me for Wednesday night against Cincinnati? Bearcats, kind of a funny team. They got waxed at home by Tulane. And then last midweek, they blow out SMU. Uh, what do you think the line will look like for Cincinnati at home against ECU on Wednesday night? Yeah, I'd probably say Cincy nine, eight, maybe eight and a half, something like that. All right. uh, you know, ECU is going to be in these spots where they're going to be a dog in these games, and they're going to be close to double-digit dogs. But you know, Cincinnati is a totally different team than we know them from years past. I mean, under John Brennan, they just weren't very good. West Miller brings them kind of a different element, but. I'm not going to be betting a lot against uh, ECU, I'll be honest. I think they've been a lot better than I thought they'd be. Um, This is not a real good Cincinnati offense. This game is probably a low-scoring game. I would lean under, maybe like 68-62 or something. Best game on the docket tonight, Jeff, I guess would be Auburn-Alabama. You've also got some uh, national powers at home playing ranked teams. Baylor is at home against Texas Tech, Kansas against Iowa State. Before we uh, get into the weeds, I know you'll like some some Charlton State-like games, uh, which you had last week. Nice winner there, by the way. Um, do you like any of these headline games for tonight, these SEC Big 12 matchups? Yeah, so last night, uh, I mean, right when the line came out, I played uh, I played Alabama, uh, money line, minus 120. Uh, they're now a three-point favorite. Uh, this is just one of those spots, man. I mean, why is Alabama a three-point favorite in this game? Auburn can't lose. They've been rolling. They're one better of the best teams in the country, according to everybody. Um, just kind of doesn't make a lot of sense here. Uh, I also think Florida State's a pretty good spot tonight against uh, Miami. I just noticed that line. Miami 5-0 and in the ACC, and they're six-and-a-half-point dogs on the road in Tallahassee. Right. For Miami, it's all about zoning them. If you zone them, I, I think they get crushed tonight. It wouldn't surprise me if Florida State went by 20. Uh, this just doesn't make any sense. I think Florida State cruises here. One, one, one of those crooked efforts, like 89-64 or something. I, I think I think Miami really struggles from three tonight, and I think gets blown out, run out of the building. All right. Uh, Alabama, Florida State at home tonight. Jeff, uh, what, what else are you looking at for this Tuesday night in hoops? Yeah, I didn't think the I didn't think the card was real good to be honest. Okay, kind of like Bonnie's tonight. Your aren't you a Bonnie fan? Yeah, um, yeah, I, I jumped on them as my random team last year. It was a hell of a ride. They got LaSalle coming up tonight on the road. Yeah, I haven't played since December seventeenth. Hmm. They lost to Virginia Tech eighty six forty nine. Yeah, watch that one here during a show, a live show, and that did not go well for the Bonnies. Yeah, so you had that to stew about. Now you come back and you get lowly LaSalle up in North Philadelphia. Uh, listen, it's not ideal laying nine and a half on the road with a team off of a, a you know twenty five day pause. But I mean, LaSalle is dreadful. I mean, I, I think Bonnie's if, if they're not ready to go tonight, I don't I don't know what to say. Like if they struggle in this game and win seventy seven seventy four, I think they have some issues. This is a great spot against a bad team. And you should be able to, to take care of in your first league game here. This is the game where you have to come out and, and kind of set a tone. Jeff Nadeau joining us. Jeff, uh, as we wrap it up here, as we sit here right now in college basketball or in conference play, starting to separate some some real teams for some some maybe some uh, pretenders that had a good non-conference. Who are the teams that you've really enjoyed backing uh, so far this 2021-22 season? 
Well, who do you find yourself going back to? Yeah, you mentioned Charlton State. I've been on them, been on them a couple times. Hofstra, uh, met Bennett, betting on their overs has been fun. I had an over on Sunday with them and against Monmouth with them and against Arkansas with them. Um, they're just a fun over team. Four-guard lineup, play fast, don't really play much defense. Uh, I'll tell you another one right now, Lipscomb. I mean, them, their overs right now are, I think, things you got to look towards. They don't play any defense, and, and they just got their best player back in Asadula. St. Thomas, a new team out of uh, Minnesota, their overs have been real fun. Um, but, yeah, I, I've just been finding, you know, the, the teams, and kind of these spots where it just doesn't make a whole lot of sense, like an Alabama or a Memphis against uh, Alabama or whatever. Yeah. Um, it's hard to win on the road in college hoops club. Study the lines, or you could just listen to the BMOC, the big man on campus. Give him a follow at Jeff Nadeau on Twitter, uh, patreon.com slash BMOC if you want to see what he's got going on. And also the sit-down podcast, you can download that if you're into the history of the mob and mafia. Uh, Jeff, anything else you got going on these days? No, i got a big show tomorrow uh, on the sit-down. Uh, John Gotti Jr., uh, the son of John Gotti. We'll talk about him and his uh, kind of embarrassing reign as boss after his father went away. But, yes, uh, basketball and, and the mob stuff, that's all I'm doing right now, Clip. And uh, I'm enjoying doing it. Thank you for having me, as always. We'll talk to you Thursday, Jeff. Thank you. Thanks, Clip. Jeff Nadeau, big man on campus, joining us today on Pirate Radio Live. When we return... We'll talk to a former pirate for the first time in a long time. Coop, Ventavious Cooper, former EC running back. Two seasons here at East Carolina. Two 1,000-yard rushing seasons. And we'll uh, talk about his playing days, what he's up to today. Relive some great memories with Ventavious Cooper when we return on Pirate Radio Live. Back with you after this. to Hour 2 of Pirate Radio Live. Now, back to the show. (laughs) Welcome back. Watch all of Pirate Radio's local programming on YouTube Live. Go to YouTube and search uh, for Pirate Radio TV and subscribe today. You can watch Pirate Radio Live, of course, Monday through Friday from 3 until 6. And, of course, the Bud Light pregame tailgate in the U.S. Cellular fifth quarter on game days. Just go to YouTube, search Pirate Radio TV, and click on that subscribe button. Now let's head back in to PRL. Here's Clip Brock. All right, we had some fun Bud Light pregame tailgate and U.S. Sailor fifth quarter call-in shows back in 2012-2013 when Ventavious Cooper was running the football for the Pirates. Two short years, but a lot of big numbers for Coop, and we have not talked to him in a while. It's great to have him back here on Pirate Radio, joining us on the Pirate Radio live line today. Ventavious Cooper, Ventavious man, uh, been a while since we've chatted. Uh, good to uh, to get you back on here, Pirate Radio. How you doing, man? Man, I can't complain, man. I can't complain. It's really good to hear some familiar voices. Like, actually, be you know back into the the mix with people from Greenville. I don't really talk to many people from up that way anymore. It, it's a little a little bad because. Of like that i hate it i miss everything about school and i miss everybody that i met and you know all the relationships that i built there so i hate that i haven't been back and able to talk to as many people as, as i really should but it, it's definitely getting to 
doing, brother? How are you? <laughs> I'm good, man. It's great to hear that laid back voice of Octavius Cooper. And yeah, man, we we grow up, we get old. It's hard to believe that it's been you know eight, nine, ten years since you were here at East Carolina. And and Cooper, it went by so fast. You came in here as a transfer, so you you only had two years of eligibility. And uh, you made the most of them, though. Your name, we talk about you a lot, Ventavious, because up until this past season, you were the last running back to have a 1,000-yard season at East Carolina. You had back-to-back 1,000-yard seasons in 2012-2013. And Keaton Mitchell, finally the guy to hit 1,000 again. He had 1,000-plus this year for the Pirates. So you had that record for a long time. Were you even aware of that, Ventavious? Yeah, I was, man. I'm I'm a little I'm a little hurt, you know that I, <laughs> I heard that it happened. You know, it was kind of one of those things that I'm, I'm kind of like uh, Eric Dickinson when it comes to my competitors. Let me be. It, it lets me be a little hurt before I can't even I, I can't be mad because he was in the league and it had to have happened. And who who better than to have you know by somebody like Keith Mitchell, but. Uh, yeah, I was like, dang. <laughs> At least I hold on for a little while longer. <laughs> Man, we were due. We were due for a 1,000-yard rusher. But, uh, yeah, Pirates finally another winning uh, season here. And, and, Coop, we talk about you, too, because you were on the last team to win a bowl game at East Carolina. We thought that might change this year, but Boston College had to opt out of the military bowl due to COVID, due to uh, guys uh, not being available to play. So we're still waiting to win that first bowl game, and uh, I'm sure you remember that one, Ventavis. You went for uh, a big one that day, 198 rushing yards, two touchdowns, and the win over Ohio. That's the last time East Carolina won a bowl game. Right, man. That's crazy to think about, man. That was a fun day, though. That was a yeah. That was that was that was a pretty fun day. <laughs> we had Shane Carden catching touchdowns in that game, Ventavious. <laughs> Probably the best the best catch uh, that I've seen by a quarterback. Honestly, he he went up over like two teams, one guy, something like that. Dang, that's our quarterback. <laughs> <laughs> Is that really? And that was, man, that had to be a fun offense to play in, Coop. You also, uh, looking at your numbers, 45, 44 catches your last year, uh, 26 and 2012. Uh, they utilized you well, and, and the, the guy spearheading that was Lincoln Riley. And talk about how things change. He's a young guy then calling plays, and now he's the talk of college football going to, to USC. I mean, you probably knew you were playing for a pretty good coach, but did you think he'd go on the rise he went on to? Honestly, man, yeah, um, it's it's a weird thing that you can that you can see it because I mean, look what he did with me. You know, I was a quarterback. I've been playing quarterback my entire career. You know, in high school and in you know little leagues, and I, uh, I I went to Southwest Community College to play quarterback there for two years, and he decided that. Yeah, we need to put you at running back, man. We need to we need to let you have the ball in your hands. Not as much as you did when you were playing quarterback, but just a little bit. We and I, I mean the that the the talent of him being able to to see that you know I'm able to make the adjustment and you know to find ways to to incorporate me in an offense like he had it. I mean that just it, it really says a lot about. You know the type of coach that he is, and you know the ideas that he really brings to the table. So it was never, 
not out of my mind, honestly, that, you know, if he ever got the opportunity to, to lead his own team, to, you know, to really break out the, you know, to be put in any situation, he was going to thrive, man. He was going to thrive. He was a different kind of coach, man. You know? I appreciate the opportunity for him, you know, and I think about it all the time. And Coop, I wanted to ask you about that. So you were a QB coming in here. Were you? Uh, did you know you were going to be moved to running back when you came to East Carolina? Were you being recruited by other schools as a running back, or did you have a opportunity to play quarterback in D one or uh, FCS or something like that? Yeah, I had a, I had a chance to play in the FCS. Uh, Murray State actually uh, they offered me a full scholarship to play play quarterback at Murray. And um, he told me that I'd be able to come in and start right away and whatnot. Me, you know, having my eyes shut on, you know, possibly playing out the college and whatnot, I just, you know, I, I felt that it was better suit for me to be, you know, playing at a position that, you know, NFL schools would want to see me at. And me playing quarterback at 5'8 and 3'4, <laughs> a little, you know, <laughs> it, it took a while to, to, to come to that, that decision. Tavius Cooper, Coop, joining us today on Pirate Radio Live. And, uh, Coop, uh, once again, thinking back to, to those days, you had uh, some big games. I want to say the, the game in North Carolina especially, but but maybe it was NC State too. That 2013 year, the team's able to go on the road and, and beat both of those teams. And, yeah, you guys want to win your, your conference games and all that. The fans love those games against NC State and North Carolina. So how quickly – uh, when you came in, did you recognize those rivalries, and and how about your performances in those games on the road that year? Um, I didn't realize how big it was while when I was in high school. I didn't understand how big it was while I was in JUCO. Um, but when I, I think the first year we went, and I was starting to hear, you know, just the trash talk and. And I, I mean, just by our teammates, you know, I really, I hadn't even been to North Carolina at the time, you know, by the, about, you know, before I had uh, actually came on my visit and things like that. I never visited the state before. So, you know, actually being around the culture of the rivalry of, you know, the Tar Heels and the Pirates and the Wolfpack and uh, the Dukes and everybody else, and I'm like, you know what? This is, uh, this is pretty big. And I, I didn't realize, you know, that it was, it was so much into it as it was. Like I didn't know the players, and I didn't know, you know, I didn't know anything. And just to really start getting the history behind it, and, and actually finding out that, you know, I man, I didn't know that Julius Peppers played at North Carolina. <laughs> I, it was a, it's a whole bunch of things that I was confused about. And I'm kind of 
coming over here to to jump in social social uh, uh, his favorite rivalry uh, with that college football and winning my Carolina. It was it was something that was becoming just as big as my heart, you know, that it was for all of the fans also. So, you know, by the by the next year, I don't want to feel that 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 same that same pain that we felt that the first year when we played in in Seventy total yards, if my math is right. One hundred eighty-six rushing yards, eighty-four, no, seventy. Okay, seventy receiving yards in that game. So we'll put you at two hundred fifty-six total yards in that game, where you guys rolled up fifty-five on the Tar Heels. And I was going to ask you, Coop, and you said it there. You were with, uh, you went in for uh, Detroit for some mini camps. Did you ever? Uh, did you play any professional football after you left East Carolina on any level? No, sir. It was a, it was a decision. It was some some things that was starting to happen around me um, that I, I I wasn't prepared for, hmm. and then a lot of areas, you know, I I needed to be better at, you know, um, making those decisions uh, and having the right people, having the right people surrounding, you know, surrounding me. Gotcha. Um. So, yeah, it didn't fare out exactly the way that I would have liked, but you know. Well, Coop, we got to uh, we got to get you back here to Greenville uh, for a game, man, and uh, and uh, so you can see these pirates because they're they're running the ball, they're they're starting to play like you guys played. It, it, we had a a long drought, as you know, if you kept up with East Carolina, but it feels like things are back on the right track around here. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. We've been waiting, man. We've been waiting. That's <laughs> all I, I, I talked. To, I, I talked to a lot of my players that I still. You know, some schools, even yeah. And it's just like, man, I, I, you know, I, I, I hate it looking like it, looking like it, man. I hate it looking like that because I'm, I mean, I, you know, my first year that we had a winning record, the next year we went to the bowl. I mean, we won the bowl. Yeah. Um, and it's like that's that's the the tradition that should be part of football, man. That's what everybody really should know us for, you know, winning. The team that's competitive because we're not, we're not. I didn't say that we were like other schools. You know, I knew I knew that our offense was different. I knew that our defense was different. I knew that our coaching staff was different. But that was what we were, and I felt like that was, it was hard for us to really to to be beat or really be uh, to find a a, a real. About what we were we were capable of being. So 
I just, you know, I, I, I can't even put in words how it feels to, to not see them win so many games right now. That's that's just what I was, I was feeling like was supposed to be happening. That's that's yeah. what I ever thought about happening at Easton. Yeah, man. Coop, uh, one more for you. Bryce Williams, uh, former tight end, your teammate, joins us here yeah. on the show on Wednesdays. He's uh, he's just a, a regular old dude and, uh, and and just happened to be big and, and pretty talented and a, and a good football player. Uh, do you, what do you remember, if anything, about Bryce uh, being that, that lanky tight end uh, for the Pirates? you, you remember anything? Got any good stories about Bryce? Um. I think the the best the best story, well, the best memory that I can that I can say that I have about Bryce. Well, just to start off, um, while I was at school, Justin Jones was the tight end. Yeah. You know, and you know, to to come in at, to start my career, and then I, I you know, I'm, me noticing Justin and his size and what he was able to do, and you know, hearing about the Hail Mary and things like that, and I got to see Bryce play, and I'm like. Dang, what, what is he doing? Is he is he gonna play this year or what? <laughs> and like, cause he is nice, bro. Like this man can catch anything, and he's fast. He's faster than almost you know like twenty percent of our receivers. I'm, I'm I was just confused. But Bryce was an amazing talent, man. And I'm talking about super fast for a guy size. And we call him Slim Eighty, you know. And it's like he 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 a big slim dude, and he moves like every other wide receiver out there. But my 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 best my best memory that I have with Bryce was actually when we were in North Carolina State, and I think we had just scored a touchdown. And um, I'm not sure who scored. We had a lot. Of, we had a lot of tugs that day. You know, I ain't gonna lie. <laughs> yep, a lot of them. <laughs> Um, I'm not sure who scored at the time. Bryce came over to me. I think Bryce may have scored, honestly. I think it was his touchdown. But I was so amped up for him that we had a picture uh, taken that was just him and I standing, like, and you can see the fans behind us and you can see, you know, everybody was happening. But the focus is just me and Bryce. And Bryce is just yelling. Like, we just holler. We got a moment where we, like, Helmet to helmet, and we just screaming in each other's face like, "Yeah!" And yeah, so that's <laughs> probably the the best the best memory that I got of Bryce, and I still keep that picture to this day. That's cool. When his birthday comes up and things of that nature, I send it to him and tell him happy birthday. But yeah. That's pretty cool, Coop. Uh, we'll do this. We'll do this again, man. Go over some more memories. It was great to catch up with you, and uh, we're, we hope you're doing well these days. And got to get you back to Greenville to uh, to check out a game sometime. But thanks for uh, reliving some of those memories with us, man. We uh, we still talk about you in that era of pirate football, and uh, we appreciate your time today, Coop. Yes, sir, man. Anytime, man. Give me a call. I'm coming to Greenville pretty soon. I got to catch you guys. I got to see what the Pirates are up to. I miss everybody down there as much love and as much respect as always. Purple and gold to the day I die, man. Yes, sir. That's awesome, Coop. Thank you, Ventavious. We'll uh, we'll talk to you again soon, man. All right, brother. Y'all have a good one. You too. Thank you. There's Ventavious Cooper joining us. And, uh, man, those were some fun times uh, here in Greenville. And uh, just two short years uh, with Ventavious Cooper. 2012-2013 made the most of those years. Had... uh, let's see 1049 yards rushing in 12 followed that up with just under 1200 yards and 13 touchdowns 
in his 2013 season. Also added 44 catches, 412 yards, a touchdown, and a bowl victory and a uh, big bowl game in that game against Ohio. And, uh, man, fun to relive those days and uh, talk to Ventavious Cooper today on Pirate Radio Live. We'll take a timeout, come back. Stephen Igo joins us inside the Pirate Radio studios. We'll talk about today's Pirates. Maybe look back on some, some good days as well. And more when we return. Hour 3 of Pirate Radio Live will also make you a winner. Open up the booty bag coming up in our third hour as well. It's on the way. We're back with you after this. listening to hour three of pirate radio live this hour of prl is brought to you by bud light reminding pirate fans to stay in the game and drink responsibly bud light the official beer of the ecu pirates and proudly distributed by carolina eagle distributing since 1989 now back to the show welcome back at angel oak they continue to make customer service a number one priority a local mortgage advisor is the key to your transaction success the combination of their local team's experience and Angel Oak's wide offerings of products from standard conventional, government, and portfolio loans has something for every financial situation. For more information, call Talbot Green, Joanne Weir, or Wanda Hager at 751-2060. Now let's head back in to PRL. Here's Clip Brock. Alrighty, back with you here on Pirate Radio Live. We've talked to two former Pirates today. One, uh, the wound is still fresh with Tyler Sneed, but great to catch up there with Ventavious Cooper. And uh, we talked about his exploits quite a bit, especially since uh, we didn't have a 1,000-yard rusher for so many seasons. But he had some super productive years and uh, said there that he's not shocked that Lincoln Riley has made uh, the rise to fame and the rise in the coaching world that he's made due to uh, how he used him, a quarterback, who uh, came in and played running back and, and played so well and uh, great to catch up with Coop. I go. I don't know. Is he underappreciated almost? For I think so. I think Cooper and Lance Lewis fall into that category probably because they're two JUCO guys that only played two years. But yeah. I feel like Ventavious Cooper, Andre Allison, are probably another one in that realm. But um, man, he is. Uh, he was fun to watch. I still remember when he signed covering recruiting at the time i'm like who the heck is this guy and like why why is ecu signing this quarterback from a 5-8 quarterback yeah. as he just put it from you know some mississippi juco but uh like he said lincoln raleigh clearly had an eye for talent and they always say you know oftentimes usually it's the high school quarterbacks that make the best receivers and running backs but in this case i guess a juco quarterback makes the best running back i'm looking uh let's see who else because he came in had a 1000 yard season his first year out of nowhere really reggie bullock had 387 yards michael dobson 190 hunter fur hunter fur there was so much hype around him he was the cool transfer before the transfer portal 43 uh yards for hunter fur jabril solomon jabril solomon was an absolute wide receiver if he could have Kept his grades in order. Two carries, two, uh, 29 yards. Torrance Hunt, was he the one that went from DB? DB to running back. Zico Pursuit, negative one yard. He did his running the previous year, yep. right? It was 2012 where it was Torrance Hunt converted corner and Zico Pursuit converted tight end. I mean, they 
legitimately ran out of running backs, which is why they probably had so many running backs on that list right there. Yeah, and uh, Coop had 200 carries that year. My guy Brad Warnick, one carry, four yards. Best backup quarterback in ECU history. UAB game when he came in for like one drive and <laughs> could have been helped move the chains. He is. Uh, he could play in the NFL today with all these crappy quarterbacks. I mean, he probably yeah he could. <laughs> I mean, he's probably got the guard. He could play story. for the Broncos or Washington this week if they had a game, but they don't. Do just as well as their quarterbacks. Yeah. Uh, so fun to look back at uh, at some of those numbers I go. And now we don't have to do that as much because we have uh, good football to talk about here at East Carolina. You just mentioned as you came in uh, some Bama guys in the transfer portal. So now it's time to see what teams can pick up some scraps from Alabama and Georgia after last night's championship game. But how, you said, how many Bama guys are in there? You said... Uh, quite a few i saw a handful just scrolling twitter i haven't been on twitter a ton today but i saw their stud tight end their backup quarterback like just some of their better players that probably before this era would have waited for their time to play uh are entering the portal it's just so easy now well they made a big deal about their running back robinson i didn't realize he had been around so long he's had in his tenure at alabama's running back what like seven nfl running backs in the same room with him during his career there it's insane it's just and he's gonna he's gonna get drafted i mean he's gonna reap the benefits of waiting he's he looks like it looks like not when he plays georgia right when he's playing cincinnati it looked like in high school where you have your biggest kid at running almost middle school right you put your biggest kid at running back and he just runs over guys that's what it looks like when he's running the football I mean, there's just so much talent at Alabama. It's just, it's just unfair. I mean, it's 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 hard to envision having to wait that long behind that many NFL guys. But I guess it paid off because usually, I bet there's a ton of other guys who were in that room that either left or ended up trying to do something else at another school. And at certain schools, your guys are transferring because, well, I didn't play this year and and might not get an opportunity at alabama it's probably like i didn't play this year and i'm going to get somebody just over. notified me that they've got eight four five stars oh, yeah. coming in yep. at my position and i really don't have a shot i so. mean they sign at least one four-star running back every year if not a five-star i mean it's uh it's just a different level it is it's almost a different sport and uh they are the favorite to win next year we're talking about a team that didn't win last night by the way shout out to uh the georgia bulldogs yeah, it was good to see somebody else win, and you know, it's still the SEC, but at least it was somebody new. I mean, Georgia hasn't won in a long time, and you know, Kirby Smart's done a heck of a job there. So, but they're going to be really good too for a while. I mean, they got a ton of youth and impactful youth, and that's the thing about Alabama, though. Even with all those injuries they kept having, they still had other guys step up with talent, and they're just going to be good until Nick Saban finally stops coaching which is not going to be now since they lost it's going to happen folks it's bound to happen i've been around a a while now and i remember days when alabama was not good at football it's happened in my lifetime and it's (laughs) going to happen again when nick saban steps down they'll bring in the next guy and and they'll fall off i mean at that point it's going to be impossible shoes to fill like I, i i know that in theory it'd be great to be the alabama coach and and have all those resources and that history but that's got to be it's going to be the hardest job to replace nick saban because the expectations are going to just be so high that no matter what you do you're probably going to fail 
and i wonder if you know like bobby bowden was and and joe paterno were there so long that they had long past their glory days right like (laughs) is bama's glory days ever gonna end while saban's there i think saban's just a different breed I, i think he's just going to i think the moment they start slipping he will step down if they ever do and i make fun of like bill o'brien offensive coordinator anybody could do that job but he does consistently bring in coaches that were fired or something happened that uh, that are that are good that coaches. are probably really good coaches i mean bill o'brien's a legit offensive mind if he's not a good head coach i mean the texans were pretty good under him he was with the he was with brady patriots, and patriots. he had steve sarkeesian before that he was a good coach lane so. was there lane kevin so i mean yeah you can question. he's gonna keep bringing in right. guys like that he's gonna bring in whatever guy replaces or uh, whatever guys fired from the nfl or i mean you can probably bring in brian flores next year <laughs> and like <laughs> that would be hilarious that's the best defense ever you know so i don't know uh i go your coach uh didn't make it through the i have a coach uh well not anymore Vic fangio uh, who is still looked at as one of the best defensive minds tremendous ever, defensive mind but uh just not not a head coach it's just uh, it's especially in 2022 right yeah i mean it's it, kind of old school denver had nothing to play for and they kicked a field goal on fourth and nine from the eight yard line meanwhile brandon staley is 17 years old going for it at his own 18 yeah you couldn't have two more different coaches in the same division and that's the thing about the chargers is every year man watch out for the chargers this is this is their year they got a good quarterback got all this young talent and they they find a way to falter every year i mean they've had some great quarterbacks fouts breeze rivers herbert and have never have never won a super bowl i had this conversation off the air with chandler i want to because i heard a discussion going on and we can do it real quick but it was the most disappointing team this year definitely and the chargers were up there and then i said because you think about the transition from Favre to rogers and what the packers have had They, they won one uh, the transition in coaching with the Steelers from Chuck Knoll to Bill Cower to Tomlin, and they've won a couple, and they've had Roethlisberger for forever now. But the Chargers have had Hall of Fame quarterback, a potential uh, – like Rivers is right on the doorstep. Yeah. yeah. He'll probably get I in. I think he'll get in. And then a guy on pace to be after the, two years yeah. to be a Hall of Fame quarterback and have not, zero to Nothing. show for it. How many championship games have they been to? I'll look it up real quick. I know they've been to one. Maybe one or two. They went to one with Rivers, right? Against the Patriots? Or Colts? I can't remember who they played, but I remember them making it to one. So they've had three Hall of Fame quarterbacks. I mean, you know, Herbert, again, he's on pace. I'm not going to go crazy. but So championship. They were in the championship in 2007, and that is it. Out of that run, out of that run on QBs that they've had. They've also had Ladanian Tomlinson, one of the greatest players yeah, of all I mean, time. Antonio, Antonio Gates. Antonio Gates was just an absolute terror for for me, along with LT. Like how, man, when they had Rivers, LT, and Gates, for them not to make a Super Bowl, that's got to be one of the more disappointing things in franchise history. Part of the problem, I feel like, I don't know if it's a ownership deal, but even now, like they're in LA. When Denver played in LA, like there were it was half Denver fans. I mean how was it like that in san diego too yeah it was it wasn't as bad but it was bad i mean they just don't have a true they don't have a great culture and i don't know if it's because they're in california where it's hard to kind of establish that consistently 
but it's just uh i don't know it's just like there's there's not a like i feel like denver even though they're bad like it's just more of a tradition and kind of the players and the franchise rally around that whereas like when you're a bad franchise in terms of ultimate success which is winning the super bowl like the chargers it just kind of resonates within and it's hard to get over that that hump i don't know if i'm speaking too much into it or looking too much into it but i don't know it just feels like there's something that that's not and it's 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 easy it's so easy for us and to not even look at the personnel the coaches anything all we do we see the scores every week and say the chargers are the same team they have always charger yeah i mean every single year every single week every single fourth quarter they're in the game and they're gonna lose it and they they it took them to overtime to do it the other night to get to the playoffs they couldn't do it well i know and a lot of broncos problems are that they don't have a quarterback but i know that ever since the previous owner pat bowen has passed away and they've had this like lull and trying to figure out who their next owner is like the organization is just kind of falling apart and i think it's systemic in a way and i feel like the bad franchises in the nfl are kind of stuck in that way too where it's really from the top down you know your team very familiar with that um chandler's hoping the panthers the panthers are, might be they're like that they're on that the road going. yeah i mean it's very tough to break that rut which is why i feel like if denver they gotta hit this this offseason they're going for a new owner new coach new quarterback and if they miss on two of those three or all three then they're going to be set back another five ten years at least who are the names i go with the broncos right now i mean they've reached out to every possible coach just about I, i'm hoping for an offensive coach um their last two vance joseph and vic fangio total bust as defensive guys but yeah and I, I saw the name flores which is like i like brian flores he seems like yeah. a bad dude and all that but you're would you want another defensive guy i, I could see that turning broncos would, fans yeah, off he would have to like i'd be fine with flores or dan quinn if yeah dan quinn if they no if they had a plan for oc like dan quinn had the vision to hire kyle shanahan as his oc True. so like to me he's got to have a plan for oc because denver's had such bad offense they've had good defense for five years now and it hasn't made a difference but you know at the end of the day they just got to figure out a quarterback too i mean it it doesn't matter who your coach is if you don't have a decent quarterback and you want backwards hat dan quinn not forwards hat. correct that's two totally different personalities backwards hat dan quinn with an oc he's the guy that's getting it done with the cowboys right now real quick steven uh, and we'll we'll get to ecu in a moment but uh wild card weekend so you're not pulling for the raiders uh you're not pulling for the chiefs who do you have a rooting interest in the playoffs this year are you gonna pick a team and go with them? i i don't really have a rooting interest i i think the Bengals. Bengals are, the bills, are fun Bengals or bills will be you know you just like to see different teams um definitely pulling for the steelers to uh to beat the chiefs because i can't stand Mahomes. i I like Mahomes as a person but he's just gosh they're so good and so annoying to play against what uh, is he against denver now undefeated whatever i mean the kc has won 13 in a row in the series eight and oh ten and oh yeah whatever it is melvin gordon by the way with another disastrous fumble anyways uh my dad's a rams fan he grew up an L.A. Rams fan, and then when they moved to St. Louis, he was turned off. But now that they're back in L.A., he's back. So he only likes crappy Rams teams? Correct. Yep. He <laughs> likes the bad Rams teams. He wasn't a fan of the show, the show on turf. Um, wow. 
but uh he he's he's kind of all in with cooper cup man he loves cooper cup he he texts me every sunday he just texts me cup in all capital letters misspelled usually but uh true message border yeah so i guess the rams if i had to pick one but i'd like to see honestly i'd like to see aaron Rodgers win another one and i'm not a huge aaron Rodgers fan for his personality he can kind of be a jerk at times but it just feels like he's due for another one definitely cooper cup had 37 more catches than the next guy i mean those numbers are just unreal man over 300 more yards than justin jefferson who finished second in yards uh also oh i should say he had 22 more catches than Devontae adams had 16 catches that's three more than jamar chase how about the the ball chase is playing late in the year but he uh he pretty much lapped every other receiver this year and uh i said i like the rams going into the year i'll pulling for stafford and uh so I'm, I'm pulling for them to make a run here stafford's never won a playoff game though right uh that is true yeah he's barely played Um, in any yeah i mean it's just and he's gonna blow it Uh, you don't want stafford against rogers or brady well that's the thing or even dak at this point i would say you don't want i think la's got to find a way to avoid green bay i I could see them going to tampa and winning i can't see them going to to lambo and winning yeah all right let's uh take a break we'll come back let's talk about what's going on right now in ecu athletics we'll talk pirate football basketball baseball with Igo when we return also make you a winner we're back with more after this listening to hour three of pirate radio live this hour of prl is brought to you by bud light reminding pirate fans to stay in the game and drink responsibly bud light the official beer of the ecu pirates and proudly distributed by carolina eagle distributing since 1989 now back to the show welcome back quality equipment is your full service john deere dealer with 28 locations to serve you quality equipment is open in winterville next to sam's club or visit qualityequip.com to find the location near you now let's head back into prl here's clip rock Alrighty, back with you with some breaking news i don't even know if the breaking news boys have this one yet uh-oh remember uh all those free agents to be that were calling joe judge wanting to play for the giants well, they're not going to have any players now because Joe Judge has been fired, according to Adam Schefter, Ian Rappaport, and everybody associated with covering the NFL. So Joe Judge, uh, he's, he's you know he's probably disappointed because he was not a part of a clown organization and was beaten by a clown organization uh, in Washington, Week 18. So yesterday I gave a stat saying that the six coaches uh, that have been fired since sunday matt rule is zero and six against those coaches well i was wrong it was actually five coaches now it's six so it, it is now right is that record still right too it's zero and six okay because the giants did beat the panthers like a dog in new york yeah i do remember that now so joe judge uh gets the axe why i don't understand why all those players wanted to play in new york and they why, were they were calling they're, they're coming begging me they're begging to come <laughs> what, back what an idiot you know you know who needs to get fired from the giants dave gettleman 
Well, well he's he retired. retired. Oh, really? Yeah. Before so, he could get fired. Can't get fired Smart if you move. retire. Smart move. <laughs> when did he retire? Yesterday. I oh, okay. Yeah. So I has been in his uh, bubble. Have all this talk about there was a report Joe Judge was coming back. Maybe this means the report about Matt Rule coming back is. You never People can happen. still get fired yeah. after Black Monday. Chandler. People are going in there saying, "Hey, Scott Fitterer, Dave Tepper, we're begging to come back and play for Matt Rule. We're Here, begging." Here's a good question I asked myself: Like, where does my team sit on the coaching vacancy? Oh yeah, that's like a good, question. you know, like hot spot. Yeah, if we Doug Peterson's like the number one candidate, like a lot of people are speculating, like where would he want to go most? And to me, it all comes down to quarterback. Like who has a quarterback? So we got. Let's do it real quick. Dolphins, uh, Jaguars. Jags. Is David Cully safe? Right, our guy David Cully. For now, I thought I, he was getting fired. I For them to go to four C- and thirteen, I think he overachieved. Yeah. I was listening to the CBS Sports Radio today and um, this morning, and they were saying that David Cully said, <laughs> <David> you know, <laughs> said, you know, hey, right now I am the head coach. You know the same old, same old. Like I'm the head coach for the Texans. That's what I plan on doing, and I'm. Moving I feel forward. bad for him. They set him up to fail, and they're going to oh, yeah. fire him and, and like bring also, in a Honestly, he's yeah. been in the NFL as a coach for years. Honestly, and he I finally would rather gets have shot. David Culley after the, what he did this year than yeah. any of the coaches that are being thrown around. They were busting their ass, yeah. kind of like Campbell for the Lions. Yeah. Like they were playing yeah. hard for him. All right, uh, let's see. I got Giants. Who we got in the North? The Bears. Uh, Vikings, Mike Zimmer out, and their GM. Mike Zimmer uh, tried to get fired. <laughs> he's just yeah. like he hates life. He hates everybody. Well, he's a defensive coach, and they ranked like thirty first in defense True. the last few years. He deserved it. Uh, let's see, Falcons, Panthers, to be fired. <laughs> Seahawks, Niners, Cardinals, Rams. So I got Dolphins, Jags, Broncos, Giants, Bears, Vikings. Is that right? Let's yeah. look at QBs real quick. Tua, Trevor. Uh-oh, I go. Not good news. Not sure there. Loxie, only one under contract. Daniel Jones, I guess. I mean, They're probably ready to move on from him. Justin Fields and Kirk Cousins. Honestly, I go, the Broncos are last in terms if of you go QB, by quarterbacks. Yeah. Now, what about... If you if you count roster overall and cap space, Denver's near the top. Okay. But they have no QB. They do have the number nine overall pick. And coaches like to come in and get their own QB, yeah. GM. So, you know. They have the what pick? Number nine. Oh, Wasn't they're going to sneak uh, Matt Corral right from I would love Matt Corral. I want Matt Corral. Y'all had Washington. nine last year, didn't they you? They had number nine. They got Patrick Sertain, who got had it. a great year. Oh, I was going to oh, say, he did. It turned was, out pretty mm-hmm. good. thought he got hurt. He did get hurt towards the end. But I just assume every good Broncos player gets hurt. They, that's what's happened the past two years. So, But they have... Uh, a first round pick, two seconds, two thirds. So they have capital to move up and maybe get somebody if, if they really like it. That is back. a good question, though. I go, what if you were the hot candidate? Yeah. What job would you All take? All of them have warts. I mean, the Jaguars have the quarterback, but they're the Jaguars. I know. I don't. I, mean, I don't think I want to go there. The Dolphins have like. Well, the Dolphins, like, and now I'm worried if I'm the next coach. Yeah, like, they just fired Brian Flores. Because they had, I was going to say, they've had two back-to-back winning seasons. That would be great to go into. But then you're working with an owner who won't take Jim Harbaugh away from Michigan because he loves Michigan more than the team he owns, and he just fired a good coach. So I don't think I want to go there. Um, Bears-Vikings. 
The Vikings are the NFC Chargers. Yes. They got pretty good roster, although it is starting to age a little bit. Uh, they do have Justin Jefferson, Adam Thielen. Kirk Cousins, like, what do you... you know, I think you, I might go to the Bears because they hate Nagy and all their previous coaches yeah. so much. If you can win nine or ten games, <laughs> you'll be a hero. I feel like there's some job security there. Like yeah, you go with Justin Fields. Years, yeah. You get a young quarterback. Pretty proud franchise. Uh, the Vikings are a weird one because, like, what do you do with Kirk Cousins? Do you blow it up or do you keep Kirk Cousins? Yeah, you just keep paying them. I just I feel like it's time for Kirk Cousins to go somewhere. <laughs> like it's just like how it ended in Washington. I mean, it's like should we? He's like right there on the fence. You don't know what to do he's with the him. Same player somehow. Like what five years later? I but mean, it's because he puts up like great numbers, mm-hmm. but they don't win games. Eight and nine. I wonder what his overall record is. It's got to be right it's at like five hundred. Yeah, it's crazy. Like he'll play. He'll he'll have some elite games, and then oh yeah, he just i don't know what happens all right we uh i enjoy talking nfl getting away i'm sure i go does too dude, yeah because you're so inundated with all the we ECU do is talk ecu so i enjoy coming up here bsing and talking especially now that denver fired his coach like there's some actual you get reinvigorated when there's a big change like when it's the same thing and your team keeps losing like i had my hopes up for three big games this year and they flopped in all three so i was ready to move on i know every time i'd like text you all right i go big one here today collapse yep nothing all right what's going on in uh pirate land i go what are you covering right now hoops is in season obviously we're uh getting closer to baseball what are you you're following the portal with football i guess yeah following the portal uh never stops recruiting never stops it never stopped before the portal now with the portal it's 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 almost like there's a high school recruiting season and there's a portal recruiting season feels like right now it's kind of that portal recruiting season guys are still entering guys are still exiting the start of semester was monday i still think they might try and sneak in another guy or two for this semester i'm not sure what the deadline is but i've talked to a few offensive linemen who are looking at visiting later this month uh, from the fcs ranks who are transferring up and then you know been in contact with a couple other guys ecu's talking to but you know transfer portal recruiting is kind of difficult to cover because there are some guys who tweet out every offer like you know every high school recruit does but then there are a lot of transfers who don't want any of their information public because they don't want they've already been through the recruiting process to get kind of sick of the hype and so that's funny it kind of depends on the person some people crave that attention and want to be wind and dine some are sick of it you'll find that the fcs guys who have never really been recruited definitely want the attention yeah more times than not whereas the like the ecu was after this kid from maryland four-star recruit out of high school like never tweeted anything about offers he came on a visit to ecu he also visited state and had some other schools involved and he just tweeted out i'm joining the wolf pack like no picture or anything mm-hmm. after he committed like nothing about the visits he just ended up committing he was like i'm going with the wolf pack i don't even know if he used like exclamation points but like that was how he <laughs> let everybody know so it's just like yeah you never know how everybody's going to approach it this other guy uh who's visiting or told me he's looking at visiting ecu later this month said that um he's taking a visit this weekend but he doesn't want to tell me where it's at so i don't i don't okay. know what that's all about uh, i watch barstool sports pick central every day and it's the the host is a mississippi state guy who's huge college football but he's sec so he has a different perspective than we do here 
and the other guys up there one's an ohio state guy the other one doesn't care about college football so they kind of, they look at it a lot different than we do here in greenville north carolina and they said that the the best off season in sports is the nba which at times is better than the regular season itself so much happens it's fun to follow free agency draft and he says and they were talking about now the second best all off season in sports is college football and from our like ecu fans perspective all the stuff happening is like the worst thing in the world it's right. like it should not be this way they're looking at it almost from like they are pro sports it's entertaining to us we enjoy it but they were talking about should should there be like different seasons in the year different months for a portal deal for a signing day for when guys can transfer now that we're, that we're in this new world of college football I also heard one of them say that brandon walker has been following it forever say we went years with no changes at all and now we've experienced almost tw- almost 20 years of change in a year and a half like it, everything changed overnight so i go do you see more like i don't know about regulations but maybe more of a breakdown of the calendar of when you can transfer when you get guys in high school do you think we'll see regulations on that do you, do you understand I, what I'm yeah asking? no i know exactly what you're saying because i agree i mean i think there has to now will we see the regulations i don't know because i don't know who's in charge like is i guess the ncaa sets the regulations but then like all these teams are just doing their own nil deal like at some point somebody's got to step up and do something because there's no guidelines or anything but i feel like there's got to be a point where and i put this in the vip chat the other day like the transfer portal thing can't just go on 24 7 365 like there needs to be a window for hey all right the winter semester ends maybe like half of december because then you got christmas thrown in you got the bowl games like at some point in december there's a window for when you can enter the portal visit schools and commit to schools because like it's kind of ridiculous that it goes on all throughout december through christmas through the bowl season through january like if you're a coach i don't know when these guys really get time off like it's just all all the time yeah even for me it's just all the time there's always something going on uh then i think post spring there should be another window you go through spring ball spring graduation then you have another window for hey now we got two weeks or a month to enter the portal find a new home before the start of next season like it just shouldn't go on every single day like and maybe it's just self it would make it easier to follow yeah and understand for everybody There's, if there were yeah, like, like now it's windows just, it's just strange and i do think there needs to be windows for for that um and i would like to see you know i get why they do the sunday in december because they're scared um of coaching changes in terms of they don't want everybody to sign earlier than that and then have a coach fired or have a coach leave and have guys stuck with their program. But I would do it so the early period is in August. Most of the players in the class commit as far as high school guys in the summer. So let them sign in August and then have your regular February signing date. And then say, you know, if your coach leaves, head coach leaves, then they can automatically get released from their NLI if they want to. I just feel like having one in December, having one in February, like it just doesn't make that big of a difference yeah, yeah. Well, that, that's just my take I, I feel like if you had one at all and it would separate it enough to where if you're a fan you can get pretty excited about an august september or august signing date because you're like oh well here's all the guys we recruited this summer and then you can kind of re-energize for february 
you know, when you sign 18 guys in December and sign three in February, like who's really getting excited about that? It's almost more like a footnote. <clears throat> All right. Well, you follow it, you work in it, so I like your uh, your idea there. Thanks. It's never going to happen. No, no. I nobody's mean, listening to you. Nobody's listening. You know, they have the the coaches' convention. Like all these ideas always get thrown out, but you know, does anything actually ever happen that makes sense? Like I I don't know. Like the American Football Coaches Association or whatever puts all these ideas on paper, probably sends them to the NCAA. But then, like, who at the NCAA is taking them seriously? It's just like a build. They they bring it in on a uh, hand cart, mm-hmm. and it's like just a giant stack, giant of, stack papers of papers in a giant warehouse, and nobody, you know, nobody listens. They're hmm. just collecting their check from the NCAA tournament. Um, I go yesterday. Chandler Honeycutt said. Jaquan McMillan, big loss. But guess what? Malik Fleming's going to slide right over. We're good. The problem is... There is another side of the field, right? <laughs> the problem is... My question to him was, okay, that's great. Now, who slides into Malik's spot? He didn't have an answer for that one, but that's why... You did? What's your answer? You got a recruit. <laughs> okay. That was his answer. So, Stephen, I'm going to see if you can have a more specific answer for us. Uh... What does that loss of McMillan mean? It's a big loss. I mean, shutdown corners don't just come through the ECU locker room every day. I mean, he was a legitimate, bona fide shutdown corner. Elite, First in a long time. Yeah, elite cover skills. So, and I think Malik Fleming's very good. I think you. So you can, like Chandler says, you can almost count on one side being pretty much locked down for the next year. But the other, the only problem is we haven't seen any of these other corners played because McMillan and Fleming have been so good, and now Nolan Johnson's gone uh, to the portal. He probably will not be coming back, according to my sources. So you've got several young corners in the program, but none of them have played. Now I've I've attended a few scrimmages where like guys like Jaden Chalmers, Sean Tucker, uh, C.J. Crump. Some of these young corners have really made several plays that have impressed me. I'm like, man, that guy's got a chance to be good. Now, doing that in a scrimmage and executing consistently in a game is a different deal, but I, I trust Steve Ellis. I think he's a good enough corners coach. He's got a pretty good pedigree in terms of churning out professional talent. I think they've got enough talent in the program, and they can always switch over Jawan Powell or Jordan Huff, the incoming Juco guy, to corner to help out. I, I think they're going to be okay. They just you know, it hurts to lose McMillan. But as I wrote today, I think the rest of the defense coming back around him, and if those if those spots get better, you know, the need for a true shutdown cornerback lessens a little bit. I think this is a good thing, I'm gonna say. It's a bad thing if the guys second and third string are are didn't play because they're bad. But for as much depth as we've talked about on this team, we did see a lot of guys play on both lines, right? Yes. But like wide receiver we we saw the same guys every week running back we saw two the entire season Mm -hmm. and like corners we saw our main guys every week pirates were able to to stay healthy uh in 2021 for the most part at those positions not on the the lines necessarily but that's what you want right like you and you got young guys who are getting better at practice and now it'll be their time to shine so um Maybe there's a lot back there, Stephen, we just hadn't seen because the guys on the field have been too good to take off the field. Yeah, I mean, that's like... At corner, I don't know about receiver. We'll see. I feel like several of these guys have now had two-plus years in the program. Now, part of that was a COVID year, but 
Like, this is a huge offseason for development of the current roster. Like, I see a lot of guys on the roster in their second and third year in Coach Houston's first or second recruiting class that, like, coming out of high school, I was pretty high on. Now they've had a chance to redshirt, develop a little bit. And, like, this is their time. You know, a lot of the guys that have been having success, you know, Scotty Montgomery recruited Tyler Sneed, initially recruited uh, McMillan. So those are two guys. You know, Holt Naylor's initially recruited by Montgomery. CJ, I think the same way. Um, you've had several young players on defense step up that were recruited by Coach Houston. But now we need to see more of those guys who have been in the program, haven't left, have developed. I think this is kind of the time you see them to step up. Everybody wants to say – Let's go to the portal and find somebody. But to me, more important than that is developing your own roster, getting those guys who know the culture, know the program, get them to the point where they're ready to contribute. If this was like 1972, people would be really excited. Like, all right, let's see all these guys we recruited a couple of years right. ago. But it's uh, 2022 where you have to to see it to believe it. Right. And, it, oh, if this guy's not playing, there's something wrong with him. He's yeah. not that good. So th- it's kind of like an old school feel to uh, to building a program. Maybe this could be a, a positive thing for this football team. Yeah, I think it, I, I think you got to find that balance. I mean, if yeah, if you can go out and get a shutdown corner from some program from the portal, then sure. But like, you don't want to just you know everybody as soon as McMillan left is like, oh, well, we need a corner from the portal now. Well, do we need? Do we really need another Nigel Knot? I mean, do is that necessary? Or we could if, use an Adonis Armstrong. Yeah, he was what JUCO. JUCO. Yeah, I mean, you just have to make sure that it's the right fit. And half the time you take a guy from the portal, it works out. Half the time, it probably doesn't. I'm excited to see the guys, like you said, that were brought in. We hear their names, and we don't hear from them from two years. But by the time we do, they're developed. They're good players. Demel Hickman, I think, has been in the program for four years now. And, you know, Coach Ellis talked about him as a guy that he groups in with Nolan Johnson, Malik Fleming, et cetera, in the preseason now he's got a shot to play. Did you ever really think Warren Saber would be a difference maker? Like, he nah. was just kind of a guy on the team, right? Yeah. I mean, it's just you, you see it with several guys. You know, Sean Bailey didn't really play till his fourth or fifth year, and then he became kind of a mainstay on the offensive line his last two or three years. So, you know, just because guys don't play a lot early doesn't mean they're capable of, of not playing at some point. By the way, we'll talk to Warren Saber Friday on Pirate Radio Live. Nice. Live from the Hula Bowl. I saw DJ Ford post a Instagram story from the UCF locker room today at the Hula Bowl. We'll uh, see if we can get DJ on as well. Is this? I've never heard of the Hula Bowl. Is this new? Uh, I think it's very recent. I like it. I mean, it's an opportunity for uh, guys to hopefully be around some coaches, some scouts, things like Anytime that. Anytime you can get a guy who has an opportunity to uh, to perform on a stage in front of professional scouts, I think it's a positive. And with the XFL and Exactly. Is the USFL coming back? What's yes, the deal with that? This year. Uh, like what is the, it, March or April? I think you got some chances for more contracts. I don't know how much those people are going to get paid, but it helps. Gene Chizik uh, apparently turned down an opportunity to coach in the USFL to go to North Carolina, right? He's going back there. That's quite an opportunity <laughs> to turn their, down. As their DC. Uh, April 16th, I go. Opening day. UNC just keeps turning the clock back. April 16th, opening day. Wow. Of the USS. So, Mike, uh, Kevin Sumlin in there as a head coach. Micah, Kevin, Kevin Sumlin? We'll call him Kevin. Kevin Sumlin. Mike Sumlin. Mike O'Kane. So, guys that are just leaving college, I'm guessing they can't play this coming year, or can they? Like, can Warren Saber go suit up in April? 
for the USFL. Ah, uh, because they are playing real games. Yeah. Probably they hadn't, they hadn't made roster. Let's see. Yeah. A player selection meeting will be held February twenty second, twenty third. Training camps open March twenty first. Thirty eight player roster, seven member practice squad. So, what are they selecting players from? That's a great question because I mean that's before the NFL, <laughs> NFL draft. draft. Could you imagine if the USFL holds their own draft? What if Tyler Sneed is like the first yeah. pick of the USFL? You know, they used to compete against the NFL, right? They did. What if they just draft all the best players and hope one of them goes there? Like, Matt Corral gets taken here. That would be awesome. <laughs> and they end up with no players because everybody's like, no, I don't want to play in the USFL. I love Wasn't all Wasn't it Jordan Williams a few years ago that was First one pick of the CFL. CFL, yeah. CFL. And he had a good year. It was year like three years after he was done playing at ECU. I'm like, what is going on? It's really strange. But, uh, look, there's opportunities. I just love all these. Uh, pretty big name head coaching rejects read it i go read that sentence <laughs> a new league like the usfl provides opportunities for coaches as well as players there you go opportunity. very excited to have this opportunity oh, wow. to be a head coach at the professional level Mike that's according that to article. my kevin someone uh so there you go opportunity that's this is the opportunity league that's a good bunch steven thanks for hanging out oystercolors.net thanks for having me i'm sure a hearty game thread for east how you like uh east chances wednesday night not good i think they're two and 15 all time against cincinnati why do i feel so confident about this game hey what's your thoughts on brandon i have Suggs? no idea when's the last time ecu won a Sug, Sug. i'm a big fan of brandon suggs's game well thank you for saying that i didn't say i'm a brandon suggs guy I didn't say. That was nice of him to I say. I love Brandon. I mean, you Suggs. could say it. You're not going to get on the boat anyway. I mean, I'm just saying I'm a fan of Brandon Suggs's game. I, that's nice of you to say. That's good to hear. But you have to realize what his game is, and you can't oversell it like some people do. <gasps> like who? Who's like done the that? guy who dro- drives a Suggboat? <laughs> I'll the Suggboat driver. My statement is true. If the Suggboat captain, if three point shooting, who's field- so ashamed. That when he posts his face on Twitter, he has to cover it because that's <laughs> oh, how bad the Suggs. Oh, is. you are! That is a lie. I am proud to be a Suggs, uh, the Brandon Suggs guy. And why are you covering your face, man? With your with your just to hat. get the full oh, okay. hat picture. Um, Brandon Suggs. If there was no three point line, if shooting percentage wasn't a thing and turnovers wasn't a category, Brandon Suggs is all American. He actually was shooting, so I'll take blame for this. He was shooting the three well. I can't remember what game it was after. And then I asked him, hey, man, your three-point shooting is going really well. Have you been working on that? Rat poison! And he's not made a three since. You rat poisoned him! So that's Probably on beat. purpose. But here's what I'm saying. Because you want, as a like, dig on me. Brandon Suggs will make two three-pointers tomorrow night in Fifth Third Arena. That's why okay. I feel so good about okay. this game. Third, Fifth Arena, whatever it's called. Cincinnati uh, got hammered by Tulane at home and then hammered SMU at home. They're a weird team. They're up and down. Yeah, I mean, that's the thing that worries me about this game. They they crushed SMU, which is a very good team, and they could have very well beaten Memphis on the road. If you want to be negative, too, you could say ECU's due to get blown out. Yeah, you know, I was thinking about that on the way over. They have played very exciting basketball all year long every single game has been an exciting game even the loss to oklahoma davidson like it's been a good year but the problem is this stretch is brutal and they got to find a way to win some games otherwise they could honestly be looking at a seven game losing streak
All right, a stat to consider as we uh, take a timeout and open up the, the booty bag. to consider. Since the NFL expanded to a 14-team playoff two years ago, 21 teams have qualified for the playoffs. Of the 11 teams that haven't qualified, including the New York Giants that fired Joe Judge today, only one team has not made a coaching change. That team is the Carolina Panthers. Rolly, Rolly, Rolly. Adam Schefter, why is he doing this? What He's a, just what a shot at the Panthers. all over Panther fans awesome. everywhere. I love it. <laughs> Keep <laughs> it coming, Shefty. Shirley, open up the booty bag. Let's make a winner here. God, we went way over time. Booty, 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 booty everywhere. Booty, 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 booty everywhere. All right, 317-1250. Shirley, what are you doing? Color 12, shrimp taco lunch from Chico's. We're back after this. You're listening to Hour 3 of Pirate Radio Live. This hour of PRL is brought to you by Bud Light. Reminding Pirate fans to stay in the game and drink responsibly. Bud Light, the official beer of the ECU Pirates and proudly distributed by Carolina Eagle Distributing since 1989. Now, back to the show. Welcome back. Congratulations to J.R. Robertson of Greenville who uh, picked up lunch uh, from Chico's, a shrimp taco lunch, I should say. Grab your Amigos and head to Chico's. Enjoy your favorites like uh, shrimp tacos, chicken fajitas, burritos, enchiladas, and uh, Hungry Pirate. Yeah, Hungry Pirate, uh, uh, ACP and more, plus ice cold cervezas and Chico's famous margaritas are always available. For Mexican food and fun, it's gotta be Chico's. Close it out, Clip. All right, we will wrap it up for a Tuesday. See you fine folks Wednesday, 3 o'clock for an all-new edition of Pirate Radio Live. And uh, coming up on Wednesday show, we'll talk to former Pirate great Connor Norby, who is beginning his pro career with the Baltimore Orioles organization. That and a lot more on the way. Also, uh, our old friend Ariel Epstein want to talk some NFL playoffs with us. That and more coming up. Wednesday on Pirate Radio Live. We'll see you then. So long, everybody. Thanks for listening to Pirate Radio Live, an exclusive presentation of the voice of the Pirate Nation.